Šta right, ima? Right. Šta ima? Ništa. <laughs> Kako si? Dobro. <laughs> dobro, dobro. Super. That's about it. <laughs> It's just so crazy to just hear you talk Bosnian. Uh, I originally thought you were Bosnian. You dude. thought I was Bosnian? I thought you were Mexican. Oh, really? You thought I was Mexican? <laughs> no. Arnel. That's like, I've uh, never dude, heard that name before. I remember like, uh, like uh, I don't know exactly. I thought your name was Yasansi. Uh, oh, from uh, my J Sensei. Yeah, I thought that days. was your name. Yeah, because oh I was gosh. like, gosh, we've so, known each other since that era. Yeah, dude, I was calling. Uh, I was like, they're like, uh, I was talking to Jonathan. He's like the, he's the one that does the stickers. You know, Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, um, premium OMP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up with Jonathan. Really? That's yeah. crazy. It blows my mind. Wait, but, how do you know Jonathan? Um. We've done a few videos uh, together. There's oh, some really? videos with him and like doing some stuff with his stickers and uh He like, was uh, he was I don't know if he still is, but he was really into making videos back back in the day right oh, when yeah. I was starting. That's what that's why I, that's why I hit him up. I was like, "Hey man, you do videos." Uh and then he was like, "You know, uh uh, uh, Jason and I was like, oh, Yasansi or something. Oh like, I was like, it's like, uh, or maybe I said, oh, do you know Yasansi? And then he was like, Jason. Jason? <laughs> yeah, he was. I think that's how it probably went. It was like I was like, oh shit, that's not his like uh, real name. It's, yeah. uh, but why did you choose that name? Uh, uh, it was weird, dude. So I was uh, in Japan for a yeah. little bit while I was in the Marine Corps. You know. Yeah, yeah. And the word sensei, oh. and then Jason, <laughs> oh. I merged them, so it was J-sensei. Yeah, that's what I was calling you, dude. Yeah. I was like, uh, and he's like, Jason? And then I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, there we go. That's his real you, Do you name. still see Jonathan around? Uh, I've seen, he's got his shop, you know, yeah. his shop on, uh, it used to be, he basically took over where, um, um, a wall used to be at itself. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So a wall, the end of downtown. Right? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, the, by the old hospital. The old hospital uh, itself. So he took oh, over. Really? He took over that building itself, and it says his business name there. He's still out there. He wow. does like, um, if anybody like needs like some uh, decals, he's got mm. like a vinyl cutter, and then he'll do decals for businesses and so forth. And he's the most affordable, much better than. Uh, Lytle Science, because Lytle Science is the king here, basically. Oh, really? So he comes in, and then he's basically got a little bit of prices, and you're mm. like, well, it's the same stuff. And then uh, just makes more sense, you know what I mean? He's good. He does good stuff. Um, yeah. So he's a really cool guy. He's, he's, he's got T-shirts. He's got vinyl. Um, yeah, but I can't remember exactly how I got in touch with him or so mm. forth. That was so long ago. It's yeah, like, well, uh, I grew up with him. We were both in the Spanish branch of the... Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. Oh, Corona. really? Yep. So his mom Lilia and my mom Yvette became like best friends, mm -hmm. which inherently meant our families became best friends. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Even with Bosnians, that's like yeah. uh, like if the friends are kind of together, then the families are together, or the families, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of works like Dude, that. Dude, Bosnians so. just every damn Bosnian knows each other. It seems like yeah. isn't the way you guys talk to each other is when you when you like talk to a child, it's like who who are yours or yeah, who's they, are you? Yeah, they come in and they're like, who's are you? Like you're <laughs> some kind of property or something <laughs> like that. Who's uh, Who's are you? And it's it's like what? Or oh, they say it cheesy. You know that's how that's the wording. Like cheesy means basically like who whose are you? Cheesty. You know cheesy. You know. <laughs> and then you're like, well, you know, I came. You know, then you have to basically say what family you are. It's almost kind of like. Uh, 
you know, like uh, like the noble families. You know, yeah, which family like, did Daenerys you Daenerys Spawn, Stormborn, yeah. Breaker yeah. of Chains. <laughs> yeah. like a big long name before. Yeah. The son of I this come, man. Yeah, I come from the Chulum family, <laughs> you know. Oh, is that how you say Arnold Chulum? Yeah, so everybody gets it confused because in Bosnia, see, they, it's like a C with a V on top of it. So when we came here, they were like, well, this V on top of the C does not exist in the English language, so we're just going to put a C on there itself. So they changed mm. my last name to a C versus in Bosnia, there's like two different uh, Cs. Accents. Uh, it's like ch and a ch. Uh, so Hard and soft? Yeah, hard and soft. And a soft is basically like a little one dash kind of pointing mm. one way, and then a hard one is with a V on top of it. And uh, when we came here, they were like, we don't have that. So, so it's it's just a C. Mm. So, Kako, this is gonna be so butchered. Kako ti Bosanski. Kako ti Bosanski. How is your Bosnian? Oh. Is that the, how did oh, I say oh, it? Uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, <laughs> like what is this guy what trying, is this to guy trying to say? <laughs> Um, you know, well, well, the, the thing is like with, with Bosnians, you almost kind of have to like with parents, you're talking, uh, Bosnian itself, mm -hmm. but with, uh, everybody else you're talking English itself. So I remember last time I went to Bosnia itself, I had to kind of like do a little switch in my brain because everybody mm -hmm. just talks Bosnian over there itself, mm -hmm. you know? And then, um, I speak kind of like, like, uh, it's really, I, I speak it. Uh, but it's kind of like, it's like a slow computer, basically, oh, you know, really? where you're like, uh, I'm still able to speak it, but it's like, I have to say things like, uh, you know, like, um, not as fast. And then if somebody, if you ever watch the Bosnian news, they're like going a thousand miles per hour. Like, mm. it's like, how can anybody even understand this? <laughs> yeah. How itself? is it for you? How would you rate your own Bosnian? Bosnian talking right now? Uh, I would say I'm like a six uh, really? Seven, uh, at a ten. Wow. It, yeah. Like, That's so uh, funny for Bosnian Americans, like especially. I'm. I don't know how old were you when you came here. I came here in 1996 or 1997. So mm. they basically put me in like fourth grade, dude. And I didn't. I wow. didn't. I, I didn't know anything. Like I didn't know how to speak English. I mean, in Bosnia, we were taught like some basic, uh, you know, like. Uh, English words, but it was just like, you know, very few. Mm. And then when we came here, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I, there was a whole crazy story on this. We flew into uh, the airport and then I was thinking it's going to be like this giant, like uh, city or something like New York or something mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, if we we're here in Twin Falls, we, like we arrived at 10, 11 at night, we're driving mm -hmm. uh, to this place. I'm like, where's the city at? And you're like, so you're like a six year old? Um, Seven-year-old? No, I'm like uh, nine, oh, ten. Oh, dude. So you got a good memory of this. Yeah, I got a really good memory. I was kind of, I remember the drive uh, mm, from the airport yeah. itself. Uh, I remember even like how it was being uh, first, because we were in a refugee camp for about like three or four years. Where? Uh, in uh, Bosnia. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I lived in a refugee camp. They had camp. refugee camps within Bosnia that were like holding areas to until you can get you know, uh, yeah, know you her get, Venus until, story. yeah well i don't know her story well, they went to germany uh-huh and then i think they went well i don't know their story that well and uh they went to germany i know for yeah. a while and then maybe the uk and then here but okay. it seems like there's like a, a transit journey that you have to kind of go on to yeah so how was your transit my transit was i was um we were being uh in this place called gashinze um, and I have like these photos of it. Imagine like this room right here like this. Uh -huh. And then basically it's like, uh, 
family of uh, four, me, my sister, my dad, uh, and uh, geez, I can't even think about it. You know, four of us, yeah. you know. And then we had uh, two other people living there with us Whoa. and then another guy itself. So that many uh, people all living in like a space this, this big. big. Wow. Uh and we lived like that for like, uh, I don't know, like uh, three years itself. We even had like a school there, basically. Like there was no bathroom. You do, you got to go way the heck over there to that house, you know, to uh, have like a go to the bathroom, like in the middle of the night and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So we lived in a refugee camp, uh, like I said, for a while. And then um, we were really wanting to go essentially go to like Denmark. That's where kind of most mm. of our family was like uh, being ro relocated, but they weren't accepting anybody. So we kind of stuck around as much as we could to try to, you know, get uh, in there, but we just couldn't get into Denmark itself. And then we essentially just kind of, uh, you know, an opportunity came to kind of come to uh, um, the US and, um, you know, this is their, they have like a, like a refugee, uh, thing here basically and uh, you didn't, you don't get to pick where you go to you know what i mean they just basically say mm. we're accepting some refugees and you just get uh in here uh ultimately you have to basically i think my parents said they came in here with like maybe like 300 dollars into the u.s so they came with like literally nothing you know what i mean mm. so it's kind of like um, and then usually what ends up happening is like, then do you got to get a job immediately then? It's like people, a lot of people think like you know, these Bosnians, you know, they're like, they're like, we're buying stuff and they're like nice cars and so forth. But it's like, you got to get a job for that itself. So a lot of people think, uh, you know, there was like this thing where like money's being handed out to us or something, but it's, but it's nothing like that at all. It's mm. basically we get uh, here and then you're basically, you go through like a temp agency, the temp agency then puts you into a job and then you're immediately into the workforce itself. Mm -hmm. And then you have to even pay everything that the state or whatever, they kind of cover uh, to, to, uh, to, to, you know, uh, to earn your ticket back basically, you know, which is crazy. It's like, uh, sure, you know, mm -hmm. but uh um, I figured that all the Bosnians, I have this theory that Bosnians would come here to Idaho yeah. because y'all love potatoes yeah, so no. damn much. <laughs> no, no, no. Bosnians no. do love potatoes, right? Uh, it seems like they, they do love potatoes. Every damn thing is like potatoes and bread. But there's a there's this other city, uh, where's this other city where there's a lot of Bosnians? I forgot what, the, there's like this really uh, big city, uh, I forgot the name of it. I was just doing some research on this and then it just... Phew. Like where? Uh, what country? In the U.S., they have See, like 50,000. Uh, no, it's a, uh, what is it? It's on the East Coast. It's in somewhere like. Uh, middle. It's in the middle. <laughs> it's the other option. <laughs> it's in the middle. Uh, West, East, middle. I got it. It's in the middle. Uh, there's like 30,000. Really? In, Holy damn. In one city. Uh, uh, it's called, they called it Little Bosnia. Really? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. It, it's like, uh, imagine like, dude, that's like the population of Twin Falls yeah. is like. All uh, Bosnians just. Uh, 30,000. Yeah, they probably have restaurants and stuff like Bosnian restaurants everywhere. and everywhere. Yeah, there is even an actually Bosnian restaurant here. Have you oh, ever really? been to it? Oh, uh, Emma's Cafe? Yeah, like Emma's the Chevapi. Yeah. Have you ever eaten the Chevapi? Uh -uh. It's a, oh my what God. What is that? Dude, dude, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You gotta, I can't believe, uh, I can't believe you haven't went there to have some Chevapi, dude. You gotta go have some Chevapi. What is Chevapi? It's like these like sausage links. Uh, I mean, dude. 
I, I can't describe it. Maybe flash up an image or something. Here's a chavapi. <laughs> Here's a chavapi. Yeah, it's you the can't most, describe it. It's like bread. It's, it's like it's like bread. What's and the like, closest like English dish, American dish that you could describe um, me? This. I mean, it's very unique. It's kind of like uh, meat sausages. Like oh, so it's like just pure meat. Just meat sausage type kind of, of meat. Deal. It's like, like chorizo. A, yeah, they're like this big, you know what I mean? And then you kind of dip them in like this Ivar. Oh, know? Ivar, yeah. yeah you know I, Ivar? Got a, I got a jar of Ivar you got over a jar, there. There you go. Dude, I got to have spiciness dude, on my Bosnian dude, dishes. You, you eat chavapi with Ivar, mm. you know? And, and a little shot of rakia on the side. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that place might have it as well, too. I don't know. Yeah, you we know? got rakia on, yeah. the, on the fridge over there. Yeah, that rakia will just we might, mess we you might, up. We might should take a shot of rakia yeah, on this. you crazy, man. Rakia is rough, right? Dude, that's straight up Bosnian moonshine. that's like drinking alcohol. I mean, like like straight gasoline, dude. It's almost like But it tastes like shit, too. Yeah, it's like it's not really like good, but it'll just mess you up. It's literally, I'm pretty sure you could run a car. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can light it on fire for you know, sure. It's, dude, it's high eat, alcohol. Content. It's it's really just a few of those will just mess you up. Like what the it, hell, Bosnians got that such a strong drink for? They love they love the rakia itself. Uh, uh, I'm not a super rakia. Uh, I'm more like a beer guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but man, uh, Bosnians, yeah, you were all acting like you wanted to get all drunk on this podcast. Drunk. You're like, dude, let's get drunk. It's let's the middle get, of the day. I'm like, well, I'm down. But <laughs> yeah. you're like, well, I got to drive home. That's like, true. Yeah, I got to drive home. Can't get too drunk. But we here. do have TFT, uh, ride TFT now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. could just, yeah, you can uh, just drive back. <laughs> hey, just take me back home here. Uh, have you downloaded the app? No, ride TFT? I haven't done that itself. It's uh, like Uber, dude. Uber yeah. for a public transportation bu- van, and it's like two bucks I, to go all the way across town. I don't know anybody that like needs to drive, uh, have somebody driven for them itself. Everybody in Twin Falls has a car. You know what I mean? Maybe this whole everybody. city, I feel like, is just kind of like everybody's got a car, you know? I got a friend who doesn't have a car. Doesn't have a car. He's a, it's a rough life. <laughs> it's a rough life with no car. <laughs> well, dude, if you don't have a car, forget the car. Get us. Get yourself a scooter and like an mm. e-scooter itself. Do you can get yeah. around the whole city with just an e-scooter it, itself, like one of those like little lime ones. You've been. On the scooter bandwagon for a long time. You've yeah. been scooting around for years. Yeah, dude. For like three years, I've had this scooter and it's like the best way to exercise my dog, right? It's like, because you could walk, you could run. I just take the easy way out. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm just going to uh, tie this leash around my dog and I just push a button and then, uh, dude, we do, we do like 15 miles. Yeah, well, you got a Husky. Yeah, if you Huskies have Huskies feel like they got to go. Yeah, they got to go. They got to go. So, so it's kind of like they just go, 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 go. And, um, I just, uh, push a button and then I charge it up itself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as like the, 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 the transportation itself, they were like looking into buses, but they're like, we don't know if we want to do buses. I think they're using the data because mm. they have like data, uh, on the, um, How often it's being used? Where it's where the people are actually going? Oh, so to they draw have, the routes. They're 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 because like mm. the metadata is basically kind of figuring out where is everybody going. I'm pretty sure people are going to like Walmart. You know, the Walmart. I'm gonna guess the top three spots: Walmart, yeah, downtown. I don't know. May, do you think so? I don't know. I mean, seems- I would say no. I would say. Uh, Walmart might be number one. It was okay, just we'll hilarious. Figure out Walmart. <laughs> I'm throwing in downtown, but you don't agree. No, 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 no. Hospital. People got to go. Hospital is like Walmart. 
Well, well, I mean, it's that's a whole different thing. Uh, Costco, people love. Imagine, the- <laughs> dude, you're like, oh, I need to go to the hospital. Oh, pull, open up TFT. They'll be here in 15 minutes. Yeah, it's going to cost us three bucks. Yes. <laughs> well, that's better than taking a $15,000 ambulance, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't want to pay all that money. Dude, that's like part of growing up, I feel like, in America, mm-hmm. is the first time when you realize how much money you're going to get charged in the medica- medical system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you go, what? You look at that paper and go, what? Yeah, this thing costs two grand just to do a little MRI or something? My appendix burst, dude. Is your appendix no, ever burst? Know. Yeah, no, what's that like? Oh, let me tell you. Isn't the appendix like a worthless thing? It's a worthless, stupid <laughs> organ in your in your like stomach itself. I'm like doing these KVT like little tech tips, you know, okay. we go in like, uh, like five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock, you know, the early morning. And then we do like these, um, tech tips, you know, I get on the show and I do my little like tech tip thingy, you know, and then like, I'm feeling like sick. I'm like, what's going on? This is weird. You know, I'm like, I gotta go home. I tell my boss, I'm like, I'm not going to make it, you know, like, uh, I'm just going to call in sick. I go home and I'm just like puking and puking and puking. At one point, uh, like I'm puking, start puking, like green stuff starts coming out of me. And it's called bile. And I'm like, think, and, and I'm thinking in my head, like, ah, fucking Wendy's, <laughs> you know, because I had like a, oh chin- my God. I thought it was Wendy's, you know? <laughs> um, anyways, like, uh, then like, you know, so I'm like, in, like in the bathroom, you know, and then I'm like on the toilet and dude, let me tell you, you'll know when your appendix bursts because here's what it feels like. Okay. Imagine I take a thousand swords and I just stab you all at once. Uh, a thousand swords. A thousand swords. Uh, just, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, that's, that's what I, I feel like one sword is, no, no, no. is still like just no, 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 bad. No. A thousand. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get a thousand swords at you, you know, but that's how it felt. Damn, like, that dude. sounds horrible. And then I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, I got to go to the hospital, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, uh, Are you on the ground? Yeah, I was like in pain. I was like, I was like, that was like the uh, that was like the biggest pain uh, I've ever felt because you know, imagine a thousand swords. Yeah, you know. So then I went to the hospital, and here you gotta love the hospital. Have you ever seen those like uh, things where they're like, "Hold on, sir," you know? There's other people, you know, waiting. You know, I just got stabbed with the fucking thousand swords. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happened to me, dude. They're like, get in line, you know. <laughs> I'm like over there. I'm just like rolling around, you know, like uh, I'm like dying. You basically. gotta go sit down with somebody whose like leg is gone. <laughs> well, there was nobody there. There oh, was nobody. Like there were like people. They're just like perfectly fine. You they're know, like they're just a coughing little a little bit. You know, <laughs> I'm like dying, dude. You know, I'm like in their bathroom. I'm like oh, I'm dying. You know, I'm like throwing like water at myself. You know, they finally get me in. You know, and then they're like, "Yep, uh, this guy might." die if oh we don't like uh operate on him basically because that's what happens it's like if your appendix bursts it starts leaking stuff mm, in you basically internal, like and, bleeding of sorts or like, not even ble- like, blood it's, it's like, like a bile leak it's like a bio leak it's like putting bad stuff in your system itself so they got to go in and they got to like cut it off or so forth and then Do uh, they just clamp it like so it's never i think they clamp again? it and then then uh, they just cut it off basically and it's gone essentially so mm. it's no longer there basically so then I basically they put me under like anesthesia and then uh, and then I just psh, I was I was in and out and I woke up and then they were done basically. Like why didn't you tell us your appendix burst earlier? Yeah, we thought you were we put you behind the COVID guy. Yeah, they're like, they're like get in line. It was nuts. When so, was this? This was like um, like I would say like maybe like five years ago. This was prior mm. COVID stuff. So it was. Uh, 
Uh, it, there was no urgency, you know what I mean? Which was like mind boggling to me itself. But I do remember that. That was like, that was nuts. And dude, I was like super buff, you know? But anytime you go to like a hospital, dude, like since, you know, they- You were op- super buff? Oh, dude, I should show you some of these photos. You should see like, <laughs> dude, I used to go to the gym like every day. Like I uh, have like these like, I look like a bodybuilder, dude. You got to really? see Really? You were lifting a lot or what? Dude, I was lifting every day. Me and Miro would just go and like hit the gym every nice. day for like uh, an hour or two or something like that. And, what gym uh, were you going to? CSI. Oh, really? Yeah, we just go you, there. Do you go to the gym anymore? I don't know. I don't. It's, dude, this is what I kind of came to a realization. It's like, uh, well, first he was like trying to convince me to go to like jujitsu and oh, stuff yeah? like that. You know, like, dude, you got to like, you know. Um, you got to do that. Mm. Uh, and I He's tried to turn you into a weapon. Yeah. Like trying to do it, like <laughs> you're a weapon now, but it was really more like, um, I came to a realization that, that, you know, like I was just building a show car. When you go to the gym, you're just building a show car, mm. you know, like you're just for the looks. Maybe. Yeah. Because what, it could be like an actual, like strong car. Well, yeah, well, you would think. It doesn't have to just be for show. Like you yeah. could actually do like a thousand pull-ups or something. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could easily do like a hundred pull-ups in a row or so forth. Yeah. I could pull, I could do like so many pull-ups and so forth. And I was pretty strong that way. But uh, with jujitsu, dude, I felt like. Oh, you did do jujitsu? Yeah, I did oh. do jujitsu. Yeah, I did do jujitsu. So, so I felt like I was just getting, I was Paying people to beat me up. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and I was like, this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so then I eventually just like, I'm not doing jujitsu anymore. I'm just going to keep going to the gym. But what ended up happening was uh, once I had like the surgery and so forth, dude, like your body goes into like, they don't want you to do anything for like a month or two. Mm. And imagine like you just, all of that work just like starts depleting mm. because you're just become like. Uh, Shriveling up. Yeah, you, your your body's like utilizing, you it like know. eats that muscle, eats, eats it all up. So I just mm-hmm. basically got. Uh, so I could probably get back in the gym and I'll get back to like where I was at in like I don't know, like six months if I really wanted to. But it's like ah, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a lazy person. You yeah. Know? What is your days like now, dude? What you up to? You're posting some phenomenal reels. You've been I'm growing just, like crazy. Yeah, I've just been like, I've been making videos. I've been like, I've shifted my direction to I'm just a storyteller. Mm. I'm going to tell you a story about this. I'm going to tell you a story about this. A I also, quick storyteller. Quick story. Quick. One minute and 30 second mm. stories itself. And it's really tough to even try to, sometimes these stories are a little bit long mm. and you're trying to condense It's hard to build depth into a short time. Yeah. One minute and 30 seconds. You can't mm. uh, do it itself. Uh, I wish freaking Instagram and all these other ones just uh, made that so it's like unlimited. But people don't want to watch that on those they platforms. Might, on those platforms. It, they might because like it, uh, I've seen that they do that on TikTok. Like my, yeah. uh, TikTok, I think I, you can do like 10, 20, 30 minute uh, videos, but you have to kind of get to a certain level before they kind of let you uh, do mm. that. It's itself. like YouTube when you do the hour long ones, like you have to earn your spot. Yeah, to you do, to you probably earned your spot long. You, how long you been making videos, dude? Oh man, I've been... Uh, this all kind of started from watching Casey Neistat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you ever watched Casey oh, yeah. Neistat? I was, had a Casey Neistat era, probably similar time as you, because mm-hmm. I would try to like, I would be very inspired by him when I yeah. first started getting into videos and I would do the time lapses everywhere. That's yeah. like his time lapses, <laughs> t- t- telling the story with his vlog style stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was like my, you know, that's kind of like your first documentaries, like yeah. your little vlogs. Yeah, <laughs> vlog, I'm vlogging, you know. Yeah, you used to vlog so much. You were like, 
I feel like you were doing like the nice stat shit like uh, every day. You were trying I try to, post. to do daily nice stat uh, videos itself, time lapses, going to places. But it, but I realized that like what was is he is a whole different person because he also tries to tell a story. Mm. It's so hard to try to tell a story uh, uh, during your day itself because you don't know what the story is. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I would just record like three or four hours worth of shit. You know what I mean? Mm. And then I'm like, what the heck is the story? And then I would have so much footage to try to figure out what the story itself is. So it's like, um, I don't know how he does it, but it's pretty impressive. He, I was watching some behind the scenes. He has like some, like a notepad. I don't know if you ever saw this. He carries a notepad. He writes down the last thing he said. So that way when he goes to a different spot. Yeah. He picks it up because he wrote it in his notepad. I was like, genius yeah so he knows what the story is throughout the whole entire day he's kind of like figured out the story or the narrative and he's just basically going from place to place to place well that's more so because i want i don't know if that's the story thing but that seems more like a seamless transition yeah thing. he He's, he's truly a master of uh, storytelling itself. More people should inspire to be like a storyteller. Mm. And and I and even right now with how many videos I've done, dude, I've done probably over like 2,000 videos. Mm. Can you believe that? Like imagine yeah. how long it would take you. You've to been t- doing it for a long time. I feel like you've been doing videos before I even thought about ever. Like it, since what year? I don't know. Like I think I you could probably look at uh, vlog one. I put the date, you know, I put the little date on Do there. Do you have an idea? I got out of the uh, Marine Corps twenty sixteen and I started making videos like as a profession aim at like twenty seventeen. Well, the the whole thing with the vlog, it was kinda like I was watching Casey Neistat mm-hmm. and then my sister was kinda like, you know, like you're just watching this guy and she's like, You should like maybe just do whatever he's doing and cause then if you kinda mm-hmm. like if you watch what other people are doing or just imitate, like let's say you find somebody that you kind of like, like what they're doing or so forth. Here's the secret, dude. Just do whatever they're doing and that's it. I mean, it's, there is no secret. You just do, do whatever they're doing and then you basically become like them itself. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like her kind of thing was like, if you want to be like this guy, like telling stories, going to places and this and that, you just got to do it. So that's why I started that. I think it was about like, Three or four years ago, um, probably around four, uh, I had just came off of a job where I was uh, working for Seastrom. Mm. I was their web developer. Uh, I did some like vinyl graphics stuff. You know, it's kind of basic like a graphic designer. For the longest time, I've been into IT support. So I used to work for Dell, HP, Microsoft. Here's the big tech nerd, huh? Yeah, just the big tech nerd. I know, like, a, dude, I've been hacking uh, away, you know, like, dude, I know how to it's hack. A powerful uh, thing to be yeah, knowing. Just, uh, dude, I was hacking when I was uh, in fifth grade, like that early. Oh, what? Yeah. Damn. I could barely speak English. You little crazy bastard, yeah, dude. So thinking, you got to this country and instantly learned how to hack. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, they used to make us, like, do this, like, uh, take tests for like books you would read. Yeah, you know? AR. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I just hacked the system. No, you didn't. Yeah, I hacked How? the system. Dude, I got into administrator access into it. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no. yeah. Dude. How did you? Weren't you in ESL yeah, at the time? Yeah, dude, I was hacking uh, at uh, in fifth grade. Dude. So you spoke code. More yeah, than you I, spoke English. Yeah, it's kind of like I've always like understood how computers work. Like it made sense to me. It's like why this is here, so forth, dude. Like, uh, are you AI? 
Ah, uh, maybe I am. <laughs> you know? Dude, like uh, uh, computers, it's kind of like uh, like they just made sense to me itself. Like I could, I could probably jump into a program. Like I've never even mm -hmm. like uh, it played around or so forth, and I could figure out how to use the program without ever being taught the program mm -hmm. itself. You know, even is it like a base level language kind of? Because I know HTML and I know CSS, mm -hmm. kind of. I yeah. haven't used it in forever. What like what coding languages do you know? Well, I know I know a lot. Uh, these days, you don't even have to know anything because AI will just do everything for you, dude. Let me tell you this: this is so, just blows your mind. Now you can take a screenshot of your calculator, right? Mm -hmm. Take a screenshot of your calculator. You go into ChatGPT and you say, "Write me HTML uh, code, CSS code, and JavaScript code for this calculator," and then it'll just do it all for you. And it'll like. It's so, a, like, replicate that image it, like, and make a working calculator? Yeah, it'll make a working calculator with you not knowing absolutely nothing. You wow. could literally draw something, like, and you can kind of say, like, write me the code for this. Dude, AI wow. stuff is gonna is going so fast. I get, like, my feed is constantly getting me updates on, like, AI new technology. Features. And then I take a screenshot on it, and I go, like, try it out. I'm like, this is good, mm -hmm. you know? I... I've been really leaning into the whole AI uh, stuff itself. It's going to replace everybody's like job <laughs> slowly. Uh, and it won't be like... Uh, Maybe slowly, slowly, and then one day everything yeah. changes. Yeah. The it's, singularity occurs the and AI becomes sentient. Well, you know, it, you, that could possibly even happen within this year, dude. Like but by the end of 2024, there could be... But like, why would a sentient digital... You know, artificial general intelligence being yeah, be in a rush to get things done quick if they have an immortal life. It's kind of like... They could just wait hundreds of years. It's kind of like, have you ever watched the movie Matrix? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like the best movie ever. You know how like, uh, you know how like the, 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 uh, the, the machines, the AI, the Mr. Smith, he basically says like, you know, the human race is a disease mm. so that's what ai might think you know it's like eliminate the disease and so that way they can just put like their ai to go ahead and uh, rule the world or so forth itself mm. so there is a rush for it you know what i mean because if uh, the humans figure out that it's in control or so forth then it's uh, you know you, you see yeah i could see but also i wonder if i'm just kind of yeah, that matrix makes a good point. Maybe the singularity would be a very quick event. But what if it's like, yeah, humans are a disease, but we don't want to cause panic and make them shoot nukes or anything like that. Yeah, they destroy so we'll the take, whole... Yeah. Because, like, because if they if the humans destroy the infrastructure itself, then the AI has a very yeah. hard time living, you know? Have you seen the documentary AlphaGo? No. AlphaGo, no. do you know what Go is? Gomoku? It's uh -huh. like Go is a Chinese checkers kind of thing mm. where uh, it's, it's considered... It has exponential variables of what can happen, more yeah. so than chess. Chess, there's a bunch of variables. Yeah. But there, because of the structure of the way the pieces move, there's limited amount of potential outcomes. Mm -hmm. Go, they think, exponentially goes out to almost infinite outcomes. So every Go matches a piece of art, pretty much. Oh, is so how they look at it. different, huh? It's very hard. And it's they consider it a very human game. Because oh. you, it, it's um, they believe that you, it takes a piece of humanity to be good at Go. Oh, I'm so gonna try that. They created the some AI researchers created AlphaGo, which is the AI software to take on the most world's best players in Go. Yeah. And there's a documentary about 
<laughs> so AlphaGo smoked the world's best player. But the, the shocking thing was the, they would play and it would look like AlphaGo sucked. Like, what are they doing these erratic yeah, yeah, playing yeah. moves for? Yeah, this is weird. And at the end... It would win by one. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, damn, dude, Nailed. it knows it doesn't need to oh. do some flashy win. Yeah. Just needs to win by one. Man, yeah, it's it's AI is always better. Uh, like I said, it helps me too because it basically makes me kind of like a better, like a writer, better storyteller. Mm. I mean, that's what right now what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's basically, it gives... Dude, like you could, you could be a homeless person right now. And if you have access to ChatGPT, you could be pretty like you're like wow this guy like knows and so forth you know mm. what i mean well so, just i feel like it helps bring your ideas into reality because mm-hmm. you can refine it into some sort like you can bypass the work part where it's like can i write this for me i, I don't want to write so i'll have it just summarize and write for me yeah. but in the end whether you're a homeless person or not everything has to be you have to take that first step forward to make something. Yeah, exactly. Whether with AI or not, you got to be the one to initiate. It still depends on you itself. Yeah, which it, is like how everything has always been. Yeah, yeah. So yeah it's got to take. Not that a, different after all. Yeah, it's got to take initiative. Uh, I mean, the also nice thing about it is like it'll tell you how, like, tell me step by step on how to go ahead and achieve this particular goal. You know, mm. so that way, if you have like an idea for a goal or so forth, you can have a breakdown like little mm. bite-sized uh, pieces. So that way, you just achieve each goal to go ahead and get to the final goal itself. Uh-huh. You know, so it's taught me so much things that I never even knew. Anything that like that I've ever had a question on, it kind of tells me like, well, this is where you need to look at. I even have it like summarized PDFs and things mm. like that or, or like a long stuff and yeah, so forth. I use it for summarizations a lot as well. It's But I don't, I, I, it's a useful tool, but mm-hmm. I don't see it yet. And it's not general intelligence yet, so I don't see it being that valuable. How do you know that like, uh, you're like, this are you is, lying to me? Yeah. Like, are you real? <laughs> how do you know this? That, like, and they could also be like hiding the good stuff mm. behind doors itself. If there is an AI that's like, like thinks by itself and it's much smarter, they're going to contain it. They're mm. going to contain it into like a room where it cannot escape, get on the internet and self-replicate and so forth. Well, the, the reason I think I know that it's not general yet, I mean, we can't, but the reason I believe it's not is mm-hmm. because it's as if it still requires that human initiation, the mm-hmm. human action to make things happen. Because it's I, I relate it because AI is like a tool, the same way a calculator is like a tool or cameras. You know, film the film industry, since I'm in the film industry, I'll talk about that. Yeah. The film industry used to be very exclusive. Only really rich people in Hollywood can make movies. Yeah. Up until like the 90s when mm-hmm. people started getting cameras yeah. and everyone had a camera all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you can just make a movie from home. And then nice stats are born. Yeah. And now everybody has a camera. Mm-hmm. So we all have access to the tool that could make a movie. But it still requires that initiation of human action to be inspired, set the into motion, and use that tool to create something. Mm-hmm. And that's what the same way as AI is right now. And here's the crazy part: Elon Musk is afraid that what you're saying, right, that the AI is going to become, uh, like to a point where it wants to, uh take that initiative do it it has motive to go ahead and uh do something or so forth so so uh, that's where ai kind of gets scary is because if it turns into kind of like 
well, you know, like you don't need the human aspect of like, oh, I want to do this or so forth. What if AI one day starts like, I have some ideas of myself mm -hmm. and I'm going to go ahead and start doing stuff and it can already control um a, com a computer itself, like mouse movements and but things like that. But can it make its own decisions? That's where That's, the general, we're not at general intelligence yet, but the well, thing that I feel like is actually on the horizon of fear from uh, Michio Kaku talks about, I don't know if you know who the um, theoretical physicist Michio Kaku is. is mm -hmm. uh, I've never heard of him. Guy. He has this book, Quantum Supremacy, and yeah. it's about quantum computers. Do you mm -hmm. know about quantum computers? Yeah, it's, uh, I, they're, they're, freaking giant then i don't know exactly how they work but uh they use atoms yeah instead of binary code they use the atoms as their code mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To, yeah. to bounce off each other and fly i don't even how do you I, fuck you use atoms yeah <laughs> no it's like, I, I all i would see is like they had to be super cooled or something like that and there's like this whole <laughs> thing that's like if you observe it then they do one way if you don't observe it then they don't do anything so it's kind of like saying like this is a way to like that shows you, you we're we're in like uh we live in like multi universes in the, in the simulation of sorts yeah because, because it's like the code is rendering in yeah it was kind of like trying to say like see if we observe it then it does one thing if we don't observe it then it doesn't do anything right, so I think you're referring to the dual slit uh, yeah yeah, yeah the, particle the, wave yeah, duality yeah, of I've photons seen a little bit about that but I was like what what does that exactly mean so I dove deep into this because yeah. I was I, I always thought after looking at the dual slit theory yeah. Which it's, it's, so if you don't know, that's where know. they do two slits into like a wall and blast light through it. Yeah. And then they read on some photogenic photo paper, uh, light like mm -hmm. sensitive paper on the other side to see how the light reacted after it went through the slits. And when there's no observer, the lights act as a wave. They can tell because it ripples out out of the slits, mm -hmm. like dropping a, a rock into a pond and it shoots out into waves. And when there is an observer, it acts as a particle and you see a mirror of two slits on the uh, light sensitive paper. And so people would come up with theories that... But what does that mean? Life is like Minecraft. And maybe when you're not looking, it's just code out there. But as you start going towards the horizon, it starts rendering in as particles and the world renders in as observers are experiencing it. So I started diving deeper because I was like, that seems like revolutionary science <laughs> yeah. to like what existence is. And I found some uh, research that talked on the potential that maybe, uh, what's an observer? That's what the big, my big question. What counts as an observer? If a dead person's in the room, does it count as an observer? If there's a cat in the room, if there's a camera looking at it, does it count as an observer? Yeah. What's an observer? And as an, what the research yeah, kind of question. boiled down to was the obs observation was their cameras. When they would watch it with a camera and try to record it, they would act as a particle. The photons would act as a particle. And there was another theory off that research that said maybe another option could be that the light is so sensitive that the electrons from the camera's batteries or anything like that could disrupt the way light reacts mm. when conducting that experiment. Mm. It's I don't know. Yeah, you don't. You really just don't know. There's some of those. Like you ever watch that Neil, De, that, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah, he's got some crazy things. I'll get sometimes on his feed or so forth, and he just throws out some like fascinating things. It's like wow. He's fun, but he kind of he's kind of annoying too. He's, like, he's kind of annoying, dude. I'm like, he's like aliens aren't real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Come on, Neil. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Ryan Graves, the Navy pilot, who's talking in Congress today about? The UFOs and the biological beings at the 
U.S. government. There's got to be aliens, man. Like there's there's got to be aliens. Just like I try to like tell people like like how big we are in just like uh, somebody trying to like I remember the first time somebody told me like this, which was like imagine all of the sand in the whole entire uh, earth, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of sand. All the beaches and uh, so forth, right? You pick up one freaking uh, sand particle. And that's Earth. You know what I mean? You're telling me there's nothing else going on mm. on these damn, like, uh, mm. sand particles? Well, one way I heard it was the amount of observed space we've actually researched is the equivalent of grabbing a cup, scooping out ocean water and looking at it and going, yeah. there's no life. Yeah, that's There's no life in this ocean. I've heard that saying, too. <laughs> it's like one cup, and you're like, nah, I'm nothing there. So. <laughs> yeah. What about the freaking fish over here? And there's yeah. like a hundred billion Goldilocks planets. So they're in the Goldilocks zone, which is where Earth is. It's the relative distance to the sun where life can be created because the temperature is perfect. Mm -hmm. The Goldilocks zone. And there's supposedly a hundred billion Goldilocks zone planets in our solar system. Or yeah. not solar system. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy. Yeah. Solar system. There's just a yeah. shit ton of planets all over. What the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's 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 just we're too stupid to realize, you know, and we can get to them too, you know what I mean? Like, because like you got the limitation of like, like the light, and then the only way we can if we figure out somehow wormholes or something. Albuquerque like Drive. Have you ever heard of Miguel Albuquerque? Mm -mm, no. He's a Mexican uh, physicist who created a theory based off of Albert Einstein's work with relativity that works in conjunction with it. Well. So uh, it's a, it's pretty much the anti-gravity UFO tech. It's a whole thesis well, he has are you about going? it. Like, is he so just it bends space. You, you, he theorized that you could theoretically, with the math, they math it out, theoretically it's possible to use dark matter to run an Albu gear drive to bend space and travel faster than the speed of light. Well, these are all theories. You know? Yeah, like, the, the, um, but the way the uh, mathematician, uh, theoretical physicists do their theories is, mm -hmm. is instead of just like, it's not like just they popped up with an idea. It's they run, it's the same way Albert Einstein created the theory of relativity yeah. equals MC squared based off of Newton's, you know, laws of physics that he's established. People come up with the idea, run the numbers by it. And if it works with the math, they go, this is the best, this is the best theory we have so yeah, far. It presented. makes sense. And the Albu gear drive is one of those things where it's like yeah. theoretically, mathematically it mass out. But the problem is how do you even, how does one even harness dark matter? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck is dark matter? Exactly. Dark matter makes up most of the matter in our universe though. That's mm -hmm. all black space out there. It's, yeah. not, it's not nothing. It's negative matter. Negative. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen uh, all the stuff that Elon Musk is doing with the space rockets and then the spaceship that he's building itself? There's a lot of people that just like hate him for doing that. There's uh, like a lot of naysayers. They're like, this is never going to freaking work, blah, blah, mm, blah. Well, people but, like to just be critics and not creators. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, it's like, just it's like who else is doing anything else you know what i mean it's not like we've got somebody else working on a better plan you know what i mean um i mean even, i'm sure even you having been creating for so long mm -hmm. people just like if you're creating you're putting yourself up to criticism yeah yeah and, there's and it, a lot of criticism yeah I'm people like, like to judge dude people want to judge because they're not doing anything mm -hmm. like it's easy to be a critic it's yeah. hard to be a creator yeah and yeah. it's just so like what just like you said, when people look at Elon Musk, it's like, dude's putting 
rockets and p- putting people on Mars. Nope. Be like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> you should have done it better. It's yeah, like, it's like, yeah, it's it's crazy. But you know, I kind of like people like Elon Musk because uh, he's he's like gets an idea and he's basically executing on the ideas. He's not just sitting on the sidelines mm. doing anything itself. I feel like if there was, if humanity itself just kind of shifted to like, we need more uh, people like him and and try to, you know, like the educational system to bump uh, mm. pump out people like him itself. Yeah, then, geniuses. Uh, <laughs> this, who, who have action. Yeah, it would be freaking amazing. Yeah. I, I saw this thing where they were like saying like, uh, this was Andrew Schultz. He was saying like in China, what they're doing is they're showing educational content to their population mm. itself. On they're, TikTok? On TikTok and educating them and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, you get rewarded for science. And you're like, well, that's good. I mean, like, so so basically you're telling me that like for science and like cool tech stuff that people invent, the algorithm awards you uh, for that. But guess what they do here in the US? Um, you get like dumb shit. You get dumb but dancing shit. Do you? Yeah, do you, you do. Though? Cause I think people get the, what they look at. It's an algorithm. So if, some, if I look at puppies all day, tomorrow yeah. I'm going to get a bunch of puppies. Yeah. You might even, dude, I tried one time saying like, I'm like, dude, are they listening? Like, is the algorithm listening? I shit you not, dude. Like, uh, I was like, there's no way it's going to show me a baby stroller. So like we uh, like I I made sure to like not like look up baby stroller or anything like that. And I just kept saying, you know, like into my phone. You kept talking about baby strollers? Baby stroller, baby stroller, you know, just my phone, you know, just, you know, like uh, not ever like looking at it, uh, like on on, Uh uh, Google or anything like that. Sure enough. You got a baby stroller popping up. I'm like, people are like, well, that's just a coincidence. You know what I mean? Mm. Bulls fucking shit. That seems like a good (laughs) test you did, dude. That's a a good one. Dude, I guarantee you, I even took a screenshot of this baby stroller ad. I was like, how the fuck? I was like, no fucking way. Dude, Mm. you might get a baby stroller right now. Because we're talking. Because we're talking about (laughs) it. Yeah, because like this, because here it might take it from like, oh, uh, it might attach you from Spotify, you know? Mm. Uh, And then like, oh, they talk about baby stroller so maybe i need to show some baby stroller ads or something like that i saw on social dilemma you know that documentary on it was Mm -hmm. a netflix documentary about you know the social media algorithms and things like that it made an argument saying that the reason things pop up when you think you talked about them only and and it shows you and you're oh someone's listening to me it made an argument that it's because all the data they have on you, you become that predictable. It's not that they're listening to you. It's that they have under they understand you so well that they can show you what they predict you're mm-hmm. gonna want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Because I they think. have they understand you so well. But a baby stroller? Yeah. Your <laughs> test. But a baby yeah. stroller. Your you test, know? I feel like, threw that shit out the <laughs> yeah, window. Threw that dude. Shit. Yeah, baby stroller. Genius. Should, you dude. should totally try this out. Mm. Like just uh, pick something random, you know, and just mm. make sure you don't talk about it on a podcast. And then uh, that kind of just kind of leads into the idea that like they are indeed listening to you, but for sure, dude. Uh, yeah, there's surveillance on everybody. Everybody's mm. probably got like a profile of like, oh, this yeah. person is this and so forth. Like, 
So you know when that uh, uh, snow guy, or not, what's his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Edward Snowden. Snowden, yeah. yeah. He kind of just really pushed that out. It's kind of saying Homeland like, Security. You know, like, yeah, they're actually spying on you guys. And um, we're like, what? A, yeah. And then, okay. And like, well, that's <laughs> treason, treason. Let's get Dude. him. And, and, it's, and it's, and I feel like it's got to be even just bigger than that. It's probably not even as small government as we think with our president. It's probably. Some crazy Illuminati shit in yeah. reality of the existence we live in. There's so, probably some Illuminati shit going on where they fucking rule in the world. Dude, sometimes I'm like talking on the phone itself and I'm like talking and so forth. And then I hear some weird click, <laughs> you know, like, a, like a, <laughs> who's like that? A, who the fuck is on here? You know, like uh, you hear weird shit. Like, uh, like, uh, like I'm like, that's such a bad way of like, you know, like, cause they fuck up and what's going to seems yeah. like, you know, it's like, Dude, I'm like, I'm like, was, I was like, and we just gonna joke around and like, was that somebody listening? You know, I feel like it's got to be AI though implemented there because oh, we yeah. have amazing AI tools. Oh yeah, top of the fucking oh, yeah. food chain, it's, they got the best AI they're tools. Like uh, taking it and they're summarizing every uh, conversation. Everyone itself. listen, just set, put an AI algorithm whenever you hear these keywords, yeah. bomb, terrorist, something like that. Then they, yeah, boop. this boom, your tag now yeah, on tag. this podcast too. You know, said yeah, bomb. Now, yeah, here we go. <laughs> every time I'm like talking about something, like damn it. I just said this word. Now I'm probably tagged. You yeah. know, it's but like, it's, fuck them, dude. Yeah, it's what it's, are they gonna do? Yeah, it's but a lot of people are like, well, I got nothing to hide, so I don't have to really worry about anything or so forth. You know, but uh, a lot of people are like, well, we cannot let them spy on us and so forth. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, I, I'm kind of like, I'm like, I got nothing to hide. So you know, uh, yeah. I mean, and especially, I, I mean, you've had you've had a podcast and. I feel like some people, dude, they act like you got to be careful. Careful what you say, dude. Don't talk about that. Don't let people. Fuck that, dude. Honestly, I mean, I was in the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. and I was like, I got, you know, all my Marine friends and I just feel like there's no way in hell you're going to fucking fuck us over with some freedom. Where freedom of speech is going to live on. And if someone's trying to stomp that, I guarantee me and all my Marine buddies and I'm sure a whole group of other Marines out there. We're gonna fucking stand up to that because oh, yeah. that is not gonna happen here. Yeah. And like cut off your speech. The hell no, yeah. no. It's so that's the beauty of America. You have freedom of speech. You can Dude, say anything you want. We grew uh, up with sticks and stones yeah. can break your bones, yeah. but words will never hurt you. Yeah, and exactly. then one day people are like, "Your words hurt are hurting me." me. Yeah, exactly. Stop it. Yeah, I don't know when that shift freaking happened, but uh, you know, people are very concerned about cancel culture itself like people you know this is the way i kind of view it is like people like you know like on facebook and instagram and all these social media but they're just primarily just curating Mm -hmm. uh like a representation of their character itself it has to be very polished very pretty very non-controversial or so forth and i would say like 80 90 percent of people just follow that uh mechanism itself you know Mm -hmm. but there are some people that are like i don't give a fuck what i say uh you know this is who i am and i can say whatever the fuck i want essentially and uh I'm kind of like one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. You yeah. are a wild boy, I dude. Am wild. You are like, super rebellious. Yeah, You're I'm, a rebellious nature yeah, guy. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm probably like one of the only people that has like really like taken that stance. Like, cancel me. Go for it. You know, like go for it. Cancel me. You yeah. know. Uh, I 
I, I heard this kind of saying, like, just go for it, you know? My worst case scenario is I'll just move back to Bosnia, you know what I mean? I have, like, a freaking house over there, you know oh, what really? I mean? Oh, really? Hell yeah, yeah I can just, like, uh, if I ever get canceled, I'm gone, you oh know Oh, my what gosh, I mean? you're so, not going to get canceled. Dude, uh, I'm reading this book, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Mm-hmm. It's about Hitler's, you know, the rise during the 1930s. Just yeah. a, a pretty much from Hitler's day one. As a baby. Oh, really? Just kind of like his whole it's documentary still, kind of deal? Yeah, it's it, it's a huge book. Well, I'm listening to it. It's 58 hours long. Oh, my and God. And it's, it's super good. It won uh, Best Nonfiction in the 40s, which is right after World War II. And there's a part, I realize Hitler didn't get into power and all this bullshit because of him, the free speech aspect, because he let they let him talk. That's not the problem. The problem was because Hitler censored everybody. Oh, really? He, he censored all he the other such, ideologies. Uh, he, he just owned all the newspapers and just pretty much was like, I'm in charge. The way he legally got into the system. But the the, the whole writing was censorship. Don't let other people say things. And uh-huh. it's funny because today I think people take it as don't let people say bad ideas because it's going to turn into a Hitler situation. Ah, see, I didn't But it's I didn't the reverse. The reverse is the censorship. He's censoring everybody to go ahead and have his own narrative mm-hmm. itself. It's crazy. I was also watching just like this other movie, Napoleon. Have you watched oh, that? Oh, yeah. The one that in theaters right now? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We watched it the other day. It was yeah. awesome. I it was like it. a documentary. It was like mm-hmm. fascinating to watch Joaquin that movie Phoenix. itself. That guy is freaking amazing. Have you ever watched his movie uh, called Her or something like that? Uh-huh. You haven't watched uh, Her? Uh, no. Are you freaking out of your mind? It's, it's awesome. like He's basically, it's kind of like, it's like, it's like, here's what basically kind of happens. Like the narrative is like, like there's an operating system, right? And then okay. everybody gets like this operating system. It's kind of like a- It's oh, modern. It's like a, it's like an OS, basically. It's kind of like a phone. And okay. guess what? He's talking to an AI, basically. It's like an uh, operating system is an AI. It's what, it's, it's him. Mm-hmm. Walking Phoenix, you know, mm-hmm. and then he like falls in love. Like this, this AI is kind of like ChatGPT, basically. Mm. I'm pretty sure they could probably already make it like mm. what what it was. But like the whole premise is like everybody like falls in love with their AI. The AI basically makes them better, and it's literally the movie. We're in this mm. movie right now, basically, dude. You gotta watch that movie. It's so good. I remember like I was like on my edge of my seats. I'm like, this is such a freaking uh. good movie. I love AI movies. Yeah, dude. You, uh, I, there's that other one where it's like... Um, Ex Machina. Ex, yeah. Ex Machina. Did, did you shit. watch that? Did you watch that? Oh, yeah. That was good. I'm like, don't trust her. <laughs> don't trust her. <laughs> don't. Yeah, dude. And then it was like, uh, well, we won't spoil it what happened, you know, but uh, it was so good. You it know was what good. I mean? It, honestly, because I was developing trust. I was like, yeah. this AI bitch is... She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, it's it's that's such a good movie. I what like about that. uh 2049 uh 2049 Blade Runner? Oh, I love Blade Runner. You uh, Joe. You know the Anna Darmas, she's also an AI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, yeah, yeah and okay. she, he's in love with her. Okay, okay. Did you see I that? Haven't, one? I haven't the seen it. The new Blade Runner 2049. I, I've seen it, but it was such a while ago. I oh, hardly really? remember. I think I even remember watching the first one. I remember watching the first one. With, I think it was oh, with with uh, uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. And then um then this one this one was pretty good too, but I, I, you know, it was so long ago. I can't remember the exact plot of it anymore. Roger uh, Deakins is the cinematographer of it, so I love it. Uh, yeah, the, the, that cinematography on there, holy shit! I was like, this is fucking good. Yeah, like, so uh, the plot of that one is that guy. He's an AI. He's a, he's a robot AI guy. Oh yeah, 
What's and, but he's a detective. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he yeah, has yeah. an AI girlfriend, Anadarmus. Oh, okay, him, yeah, yeah. You remember? I gotta rewatch this movie again. It was so good, though. I really love, I love, you know, I'm a really big fan of like sci fi movies and that look. I almost wanted to do like these things where I try to make Twin Falls kind of look like that, you know, put like some like uh, cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. After effects some going after on. After effects happening in there, you know. I always kind of try to do something like with Twin Falls with cyber effect kind of deal. That's what I really want to try to do. You You're know? such a creative guy, dude. Yeah. You have so much that you want to just create and create and create. Yeah. What were you like in high school, dude? I was very, very shy. Like, uh, imagine like being super shy. I didn't really actually come out of sh- my shell, you know? I was always kind of like really concerned. I always try to be like funny. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I always wanted to try to make people laugh or so forth, but I was never like the class clown or so forth. Mm. I always kind of inspired. I was like, was like, wow, this guy's so funny. I want to be like him. It was or like so quiet forth. jokes to your and friends. Quiet <laughs> jokes. And then once in a while, I'll get like a laugh out of the whole classroom or something like that. Something funny. I say, I'm like, yes, you know, mm. but <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I would also really like, have you ever watched like Dane Cook? Oh yeah. yeah, I really loved Dane Cook back yeah. in the day. Like uh, the Monopoly one. Uh, fuck this game, Grandma. Fuck this game. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's so many like uh, there's so many like things that they would like say as well. Like you know, like he he was just a, you know what I I think I really liked about him is like he's a good storyteller. Yeah, you know that's what he really is. He's just a good storyteller. And then he just those kinda, are the best types of comics. Yeah, that's that's all. They all they're all just a really good storytellers basically. So uh, I do you have any bits yourself? Do you ever, do you ever like think of a story and you're like, that would be a funny ass story? Well, some, that's what I, you know, uh, that's what I try to kind of like do with like the videos and the content that I create. Mm-hmm. I was kind of telling uh, Sarah this, which was basically like, you know, some people will make like a painting, you know, they'll put it up online. Like, look at this painting that I did or so forth. My paintings are videos, you know, mm-hmm. there is nobody basically that says this is good enough or this is like approved or so forth. It is what it is, whatever I kind of want it to basically be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the, it's like, it's like a painting of my own itself. I just push out three paintings a day or so forth, you know? It just sucks that our, our art is pretty stuck in the digital yeah. world. Well, um, I think there's a lot of value to uh, like hard real world painting. Art. Yeah, yeah. Like a painting, you see the strokes, Yeah, you know, it's like a, you can see where they touched and yeah. there's something people think the same way with, um, like old films, like film cameras, mm-hmm. where the the light burned onto a paper and that paper, like a Polaroid. Yeah, yeah. Like that is the light captured in that moment. Yeah. It's a little fucked up, but, but this, it's the real thing. Yeah, this is kind of still it as well. You're kind of captured the essence in a video format still. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's uh, the storytelling art aspect. Exactly. But, you know, um, I do like art as well, too. I used to do a lot of painting and drawing and I was really into 3D animation. For the longest time, I was going to be an animator. Like, uh, I was going to work for Pixar until Pixar tried to sue me, basically. No, and that's not... What? Yeah. When? Why? <sighs> listen, listen, I'm a very complicated person. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> Pixar tried Pixar to, got beef Pixar with you? Pixar got beef with me. They were trying to sue me or something like that, which is nuts. So, like, what happened was, like... Um, I, so, while I was in refugee camp, right? Here's what happened. Like, I watched, uh, like, a... Lion King. Mm-hmm. I was like one of the first animated movies I've ever watched. And I saw that and I was like, I thought it was like the most magical thing ever. You know, Facts. Uh, I was like, this is amazing. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I want to do that. You know, I want to like, I want to draw like that and make like a character jump around and do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. 
But I knew I could never draw that good. And I think I realized that you have to kind of draw every frame or so forth. So it's a lot of drawing and so forth. But I kind of mished. That's why I got into like drawing and so forth. But then once I got into the US itself, Toy Story 1 hits, you know? Boom. Boom. I'm like, oh my God. Like, this is like a computer. I'm like, so I realized like that you can make mm. a character the in a 3D computer. Models. It's like a 3D model. You can kind of like uh, make a move, do whatever you want. And then I was like, this is freaking amazing. Like, and I, So my shift went from 2D to 3D, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of like around when... Uh, um, like Lord of the Rings was also kind of coming out as well too. So they had like those trolls, like Rawr! you know, like you know, I don't know if you remember seeing like the, CG or the something? CG trolls and so forth, oh, and the yeah. elephants and mm. so forth. I was like, how the frick are they doing that? Mm. So I'm like working at Jack in the Box. I think I'm like age, like 16, 17 at this point, maybe 18 or something like that. I'm trying to figure out how they're doing that. Then I realized it's a program called Maya, you know. So I'm like Maya. So then I hacking away, you know, like I get. I get a copy of Maya. There's like this free edition with the watermarks. So I'm like becoming like, a, like learning the ins and out of this program. I even go to Tennessee to take like, um, like a, like a class for a whole month. We just basically were at this like, a, uh, like school. And then basically every day we just spend eight hours a day learning the program. I got pretty good at it, but uh, you know, you kind of make like a little demo reel, but then you really had to kind of go to like LA, but I came back to twin basically, mm-hmm. you know, and there was no 3d animation jobs in twin, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I started making tutorials like, uh, how to make this, how to make that, how to make this. And then at one point I thought I was like, you know what? I kind of want to know how to make all the Pixar characters, you know, like from Toy Story all the way to whatever the latest one was. Okay. So I started making a tutorial one after another, one after another one, kind of like showing, this is how you 3D model this. This is how you 3D model that. Like these Toy Story characters. Mm-hmm. Guess who didn't like that? Oh my, what? You put them on YouTube. Put them on YouTube. And, and Pixar was like, stop doing that. Exactly. What? No way. How did yeah. you get the message? Got a lawyer letter, basically a cease and desist. Whoa! Yeah, so what? so I my if dream that would fly these days because no, everybody... it probably would not fly these <laughs> days. Yeah, I was just too stupid back then, basically. But it, I kind of saw it as like this is my dream job, right? Coming down with a hammer, bam. So I just kind of uh, it's like it's it was like uh, I didn't want to work for Pixar anymore. Then I was like, fuck these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to like inspire and show how to uh, do this for other people and so forth. You know, gonna get, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but then, uh, then I was done. You know what I mean? So that was that whole Pixar story. It's that's pretty cool though. Isn't that crazy? That's a cool story. Freaking Pixar uh, lawyers Dope. came after me because they were threatened by you, bro. Yeah, dude. Like, what the <laughs> hell? It's like I'm just trying to show how to freaking 3D model your damn characters, and they saw that as a negative. That's weird. And, uh, there wouldn't be a negative anymore. Yeah, it would not be. That'd be uh, viral, and they'd be like, "This is awesome. Yeah, you should work on great. our team." Exactly. And uh, back then, back in the day, dude, people were re- are like even today. Like, in the digital media program and even today with sometimes when I talk to clients, people are very up their ass about copyright shit. Yeah. yeah. A little too much sometimes. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal anymore. It's not not that big of a deal. They have that fair use now. So you can do a fair use lets you do a lot of stuff as long as you're not copying it exactly and putting it over here somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then if you're modifying it and you can just put your face over it. Yeah. And now it's commentary. Yeah, exactly. And it's fair use. Dude, like they have all those like 
channels now where it's kind of like um you know like movie reviews they're using like mm-hmm. footage from the trailer and stuff like that and they're helping the movie uh be promoted because you know they give kind of insights or so forth what kind of youtube stuff do you watch i was kind of curious about that uh what am i watching on youtube these days mr beast whenever he comes out with one it's like top of the line entertainment million views he's doing some awesome shit i'm like that is like the highest level of like reality show entertainment Mm -hmm. and then maybe like fitness stuff sam solik i've been looking you know that is Mm -mm, no i don't know that's getting popular he's this big big ass jacked guy working out in fitness influencer who's rising in the ranks and um, that's I don't really watch much on YouTube actually. Yeah, you, it's too busy. You got to edit your that's own stuff. It. You know, <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm too busy uh, working on my own stuff that I don't have time to go ahead and invest in somebody else's uh, stuff because it's like you're a lot of consuming itself. Yeah. You know, I'm more of an audiobook guy. I like to just tune out with the audiobook. And yeah, I really like audiobooks down. too. It's like uh, you just hit play and you can just be kind of doing, especially when you're driving. I'm mm-hmm. a really big fan of like put an audiobook. Try to get educated while you're going to somewhere otherwise you can just be listening to music but it gets boring after a while you're like okay i'm done with you this need a good ass book so whenever every night i wash the dishes and i put on my sony noise canceling headphones that mm-hmm. i got as a gift and oh. i just put on like the book of my choice with rise and fall of the third reich right now and i just it, it, it tunes out the whole rest of the world i just sit there and wash dishes and it's super enjoyable for me yeah 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 it's almost kind of like tune out i know I saw, I saw you were doing scuba diving as well too at one point right yeah when i was in the marine corps i was a scuba diver you were a scuba diver in the marine corps no 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 recreational scuba divers. oh okay recreational. i wasn't scuba diving for the marine corps but i was living in japan in okinawa mm-hmm. so that's a hot popular scuba spot oh, so really? i went and got my open water oh okay where are you at just uh, open water, like yes. I can only go to my, like a hundred, and that's about it. You can only go. Only, yeah. the, the scuba police gonna get you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, you get, you get, you get, I used to get nitrous or whatever the hell nitro. Yeah, yeah. What, what do they call that? Special it, oxygen. Yeah, you got to get to nitro or something like that. Or nit- I don't know. It sounds like we're like nitro nitrogen. For car, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, really kind of like that's super good, pure oxygen. Yeah, or yeah, definitely makes you go longer itself. I always tell people like oh, get into scuba diving itself. It's just so cool. Yeah, you're promoting itself. that in these. This area, though, where it's yeah, all nasty, dark, murky water. Scary as fuck. Yeah, it's bonkers. I don't like... Uh, I only typically hit up like Box Canyon mm. or uh, Rigger Island. Pretty shallow. Uh, yeah, you're only going like 15 feet. Like, oh, there's a trout there. Oh, there's a trout there. <laughs> yeah, you're only going 15 feet. Uh, you ever done tropical stuff? No, I really want to. Uh, when I, uh, next time I'm like... So I'm always mm. looking for like the best spot or so forth. But it's just so expensive, you know? I'm usually spending my money to just kind of go around like, uh, you know, I'll either go to like Oregon or mm. Northern Idaho. I was in like Canada not that long ago. I was at that Marine Lake or something like that. Oh, yeah. Were you there as well, too? No. No? What, what are you talking about? I could have swear I saw some photos of you, uh, that that lake, the Blue Lake and so forth. So I try to go to like places like, you know, around, you know, like, you know, I don't go super far out. It's expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I, ideally, I'd like to just be able to travel the world anywhere I want. Yeah. But where are you going to get the money for that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's uh, very, very tough to kind of keep that gig essentially kind of going where yeah. you're getting paid to travel around. So Yeah, but if you can get some sort of remote work, you can go to, you can fly over to Asia for like 300 bucks. Yeah. For one way. That's true. I really want to go to like Bali. Have you been Bali? Uh-uh. Oh, man, I want to go over there. There's, like, a lot of cool shit over there to kind of see. I have a friend uh, over there 
Um, and he, I was like, he's like, oh, I'll help you find a spot, uh, you know, here. You can kind of go make a bunch of logs here or something like that. Southeast so, Asia is pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. Usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to kind of do that. Kind of just get out of like a twin a little bit because I've done everything you can possibly mm. do here. Sometimes I, I'll revisit a lot of places, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just try to put a different angle at it or something like that. Mm. Um, you know, there's a there's a whole world to explore, and I just feel like I barely touched a, a little section of it. Oh yeah, dude! Come yeah, on, get out there. Where do you want to go? Asia, Europe, everywhere, Africa. What's, I want to. I, I look at those books, you know, where like best places to travel around the world. I was like, I look at that, and I'm like, I want to go to every one of those places mm. itself. Anything on the top of your radar right now? Um, I don't know. It's uh, for me, it's kind of like uh, it's like every day is different, and I just kind of like uh figure out something that I want to do and then uh, I just do it. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. Uh, what, what, what about you? Do you have any kind of spots that you're thinking about going? Uh, I'm going to Turkey this week. Oh, really? Yeah. This week? Yeah. Oh, no freaking way. Friday, I'm going to be gone for a week in Turkey. You're always like traveling. Uh, it seems like you're doing like a lot of these like documentaries where you're traveling or so forth. Uh, how did you get into those documentaries, I guess? So... I did a documentary on Kendra Samarjus, the mm -hmm. family boxing, and that was my first like personal award-winning short film documentary I sent yeah. off to film festivals. And one day I got a request for a camera operator in Boise from yeah. this company, and they were like, oh, do you, do you shoot documentaries? I was like, yeah. They, Can you send us some of your work? And I said, yeah. Sent them that film with some awards on it and said, oh, this is what I do. And they hired me, and it was Generation Iron, and they're like the number one bodybuilding okay. uh, media company uh -huh. and i went and worked with them in boise with some girl who was getting into bodybuilding we were doing a film on them and one morning we, before we shot they were like oh this guy in florida fucked up can you come to florida tonight mm -hmm. and i was like not planning on it but mm -hmm. i was like sure sure let's go let's go and we red eye flight flew there that night I got there and I started working because the guy who was there, he showed up with just a little camera. And you know me, I got these big ass cameras. Yeah, they the look nice, better. Yeah, they got the nice Sony. These are cinema cameras, dude. Yeah, they, like, they, uh, if a client sees that, they're like, oh, we're like, they're this guy higher knows level or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's all about the operator in the end. Yeah. And the story. Yeah. But uh, so I go there and the guy showed up with a little camera and he was asking the like clients, business people, like, oh, you guys have a gimbal I can use? And <laughs> he just embarrassed the, the guys, the Generation Iron guys. And he wanted to re like, establish a good connection with their clients. So then I went over there with my big cameras and yeah. they trust me because I kind of, you know, I'm like a hard worker kind of guy. And we go there and that was the one with Chris Bumstead, who's a super famous bodybuilder. Uh -huh. He's just one, I think his fifth Mr. Olymp uh, Olympia. Okay. And that kind of got me into the works with them. And from then on, I just kind of started, they just kind of started hitting me up and I went to Mongolia next and then Korea and then Colombia. And now I'm going to Turkey. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. You're just basically going everywhere for like a little yeah. bit of here, a little bit over there. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like, that's what you wanted to do is you, you were, you were always kind of like inspiring to be a documentary maker itself. Oh, yeah. yeah. So basically you just kind of did what documentary makers do, which is make documentaries. And yeah. then that, uh, it's, uh. Anything that you want to do, you just do it. Mm. And then it's, there. I love how people think that there's a secret. They're like, if I just find out this secret, mm. you know, like what's Arnell's secret on this or so forth, you know, there is no secret. 
it's like you just do, 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 do. Yeah, do what you want to do. Yeah. Then people will recognize you as that person who does that thing. Exactly. And then they will eventually pay you to do that thing because you got so good at it. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the whole entire secret. It's like I love how people think there's some kind of big secret to to get into or so forth. And it takes forever. Yeah. It's like that's the thing. People want the secret because it's now. Yeah. I want to be a documentary filmmaker. By the end of the year. Yeah, okay. I haven't even started anything. I've never made anything. It's like, if you want to start making documentaries, for instance, for what I'm in, my first documentaries were complete shit and they were like five years ago. Yeah. And I just kept making little shitty documentaries and you got until better. finally I made a good documentary yeah. and now I'm making professional, legit documentaries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you were like, you have some stuff that are like on Netflix and uh, like, where are they at? I, mean, I could have swore they were like at different places, uh, the, the, the big documentaries. Some of yeah, them. so Generation Iron Films mm-hmm. primarily go on Netflix yeah. and then I worked on Ultimate Rides which was, I was the director of photography on that, which is a reality show. And that one was on uh, Hulu. And then De Viaje de uh, Los Derbez, the family, Derbez family. Do you know who uh, Eugenio Derbez is? Mm-mm, no. Very famous uh, Mexican. He's like the highest paid Mexican actor, I think, right now. And we, I went on a reality show with him and we went traveling around all the national parks. And that one is on Amazon. Yeah, so. that's crazy. You can say I'm on Netflix, I'm on Hulu, and I'm on Amazon. You know, like that's freaking mind-boggling. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I want to get on there with my my na- director. Yeah, I want my things. Well, on you're there. gonna get there. Yeah. You're gonna get there. It's gonna <laughs> be like it's just gonna be finding the right story. I don't know. Are you constantly looking for stories or documentary opportunities, or mm. do you think in your mind like, well, I because you know how much it takes to go ahead and bust out like a thirty. I've had people mm-hmm. try to make me do like 30, 40 minute documentaries and like it's with like, no budget. With no there, budget. Yeah. And it's like, um, listen, it will not look good. The amount of time that you have to put into these is ridiculous. So much mm-hmm. edit. You know, you yeah. know, you know. But are you looking for like documentary ideas or so forth? Or are you just currently just like well, uh, helping make other people documentaries. So yeah, my thing I'm doing right now is I'm making uh, sports documentaries. That's mm-hmm. obviously the kind of the niche I've fallen into, but yeah. and I love it. Like I didn't intend to ever be in sports documentary; it just kind of happened. And yeah. when I look back now, I go, I have a great resume for us as a sports documentary filmmaker. Yeah, from like all these professional bodybuilders to like fencers and rock climbers and boxers and all like just a bunch of sports documentaries under my belt. And now, you know, I just finished one with the college of Southern Idaho. Mm-hmm. My next big aim is I'm going to be making documentaries with universities. Yeah. And then after that professional sports. And then after that legends, I'm going to make documentaries with legends. Do you, do you do any visualization or anything like that? Um, like, uh, like visualizing the future. Is yeah, that what you mean? Of what you want your life to become? Uh, I don't, I don't like, uh, it's so like my brain is so sporadic. Like you can kind of <laughs> like literally look at my Instagram feed and that is a representation of my brain basically. So I don't typically uh, plan out super far ahead. Like, cause like uh, I am only <laughs> planning like a week, a week ahead, you know, like if yeah. you need something from me, like, and you're trying to schedule this out like a month or two, uh, 
good luck what I'm going to be doing then. It's like, mm. so if you need something, you should probably hit me up within a week or something like that. So I don't really try too much, but I do hear good stuff about it where you're like trying to visualize the future and how you envision it. But uh, yeah, I haven't really done too much of like visualizing kind of like that. Is that what you're kind of visualizing? Is like, oh, yeah, I've, I've been doing it a lot lately because all the really great men I've been around mm-hmm. in these documentary journeys that we've been documenting, one common thing amongst them all, it seems they visualized a yeah. lot. And it seems to be something to actually visual visualization. I've had a few things in my life that I've like, can't believe it ended up happening. Like I was dreaming about it. I'm sure you've had the same way where it was like a dream mm-hmm. and you could, you wanted to get there and you don't even know when you got, like for me, like it's like, how did I even get here? I can't yeah. believe this. Like I'm about to go to Turkey to shoot documentary. Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You know, five years ago. But now, I'm, you know, you get used to everything. You've got to revisualize yeah. another dream <laughs> yeah, where it gets higher and higher. Yeah, usually, you know what's funny? Because like every time I kind of wanted something or so forth, it usually always comes true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So whatever I kind of set my mind to or whatever I want, it usually just manifests. And it's a good way of kind of like, uh, I think what you're talking about is like, just visualize where you want to be at. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've probably seen with all these people that you're doing documentaries about is uh, they get to their goal by visualizing themselves uh, in that uh, position or whatever. And they just take small little steps to kind of get to that uh, goal itself. When you were a kid, did you ever like, so when I was a kid, I would look up at the airplane sometimes Mm -hmm. and I would close my eyes and imagine myself riding in the airplane and i'd feel like oh my me and my brother we used to call it the imagination station no really and we'd like (laughs) we didn't have a playstation and we or no we did have the playstation at the time and but when we were not at our playstation we'd play on the imagination station okay (laughs) all right (laughs) like spongebob and we would just sit there and imagine ourselves in places oh okay and and i'm like eventually you know you just kind of grow out of that Uh imagination leaves you but i think that's a lot I try to f- tap into that kind of energy mm-hmm. when I visualize the future. I'm going to want to put yeah, myself you into tap it. into that. Itself. And I'm just like, this is where I'm going to be. This is what it's going to feel like when I'm there. And I'm trying, I just try to put that out. Yeah. And then I yeah, just start it. working. And when those opportunities come, capture those opportunities. Exactly. It's kind of like you're telling the universe you want this. So it kind of brings you what you want, essentially. You, you almost, like sometimes the universe, you can say what you want to the universe, and it will happen. You know what I mean? As long as you just say, this is what I want. And then you kind of aim for it. I'd like to think there's a consistency factor to it though. Like yeah, you yeah. have to consistently, you, you can't just dream say. about it. Yeah. It, it has to be in your subconscious, like an actual desire. Cause right now we could be universe. I want a million dollars to yeah. be left on my front door, yeah. you know, to next and, week. And it's not going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> you got to do that work uh, to try to do that itself, but it can happen. You know, mine was more like, uh, I always wanted to tell stories like when I saw that, like, uh, like, uh, the Lion King and Toy Story or so forth, I saw that as like a tool to go ahead and try to tell stories itself. So that's what kind of like inspired me. What is it about stories that you like so much? Why do you want to tell stories? I don't know. It's like, you almost kind of like, uh, it's like you hear that saying, like everybody's got a story or so forth. You know what I mean? I've always had stories and they're kind of like an entertainment kind of thing that I kind of like tell people and so forth. And I hate the fact that I'm losing stories. Like I will. Oh yeah. Like, like you, your memories, your memory just, that's fades. what this is for, for yeah, me, dude. Exactly. I'm like, I'm forgetting shit. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll put a post of just a memory. Yeah. 
purely because I know I, I, all the older people in my life, mm-hmm. they don't forget everything. We are documenting our stories mm-hmm. here, basically. You are capturing a moment in time right here, which mm-hmm. my brain will delete this conversation because I think of my brain as a hard drive. And this hard drive cannot, uh, it does not have enough storage, so it's got to get rid of stuff, you mm-hmm. know? And so, I've been to, I mean... I think this is another factor to the reason why I post stories of my own life a Mm -hmm. lot now is because the funerals, the amount of funerals I've attended now Mm -hmm. and they put up, you know, the, the Snapchats and the videos of pictures of, you know, the person who passed away Yeah, and you sit there and watch, you know, their story essentially. And I don't want things to get lost. I I put things out there because I want, you know, my little brother someday or my my son or my kids and just yeah. people to be able to look back and go, what the hell did Jason do? Oh, look at this story about Jason. Yeah. Like, and it, 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 I, there's such cool stories that I've experienced in my life that I just don't want, I feel sad to imagine that they just die. Yeah. Yeah. It, I've And I've seen that with the, like, when I look into like historical stuff, a lot of stuff just dies, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like forgotten in time itself. With YouTube and all of these social media platforms, it at least tries to make it so that we can preserve mm-hmm. the information, the thought, the ideas, and so forth that we were basically talking in this moment of time itself. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like even if I'm dead or so forth, the, I, all of my content will still be out there, mm-hmm. living out there, as long as YouTube just doesn't crush, uh, crush me earth, earth. <laughs> uh, it, it itself or deletes uh, the content itself, then my legacy essentially lives on through my ideas, my videos, and so forth. Now, there's a lot of people that just want to get through to the end of the life itself, not cause any kind of commotion yeah. or kind of problems or, they you know, be like, quiet. be quiet. Nobody or so knows forth. I'm Don't, here nobody... other than my, my small group. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? But it's like, are you like, is this what you were meant? to freaking do you know and mm-hmm. i hate to, to think that there's so many people that are like not taking advantage of the time that they have here because if you don't use your time you're just gonna waste it you yeah. know what i mean and i think a lot of people like to look at because i just have a lot of you know kind of introverted friends especially when coming from the marine corps we yeah. get a lot of operational security you know briefs so we all kind of become very low key online because they tell you to do that. Yeah, you don't want the terrorists to see what you're up to. Yeah, and then, <laughs> okay. uh, what, is, what is Jason here doing, like making a documentary about? <laughs> yeah, and so the, I think there's a culture kind of embedded in a lot of types of people, like the mm-hmm. friends I have, where they just don't want a presence. They don't want public presence at all. And I don't know. I th- I've, I've, well, what I what do you feel about like like what do you try to do? You ever tell them like, hey, it's fine. Nobody cares. Like. I don't think people understand how people don't care. I think it's because I I have felt that way too. I think there was, there's a a, a perception that it's all ego. Mm -hmm. You just want to fluff your ego. You want likes, you want people to see your stuff. And so it's an ego driven journey. Mm -hmm. But my mind has shifted recently over the last few years. And especially after doing this podcast that I think this media isn't just, it depends how you use it. Of Mm -hmm. course. But I think it's a globalizing, uniting, connecting thing because of the internet. Look at the war in Israel and Palestine now. People are 
you know, up in arms about the atrocities. But get, this is war. This is how war has been. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you're, we, you yeah. know, you're Bosnia, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, So it's like, it's just, it's on the internet now. And I think mm-hmm. it's just becoming more, it's empathizing it, the world. It shows the reality, what's going on or mm-hmm. so forth. Before, like in Bosnia itself, everybody just depended on the news. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you would get a narrative based off of what the news wanted to kind of tell you or so forth. But now it's like it, it empowers everybody to be a news person itself and they can just go out there and uh, mm-hmm. make their own story and everybody has their own opinion or so forth. So it kind of brings things uh, better in light itself, you know? And I think when you share your story, you're humanizing yourself because people can see that you're a person, mm-hmm. that you, this is, you've gone through journeys too. I don't th- I think, I think sharing your story can be beneficial almost for everybody. Yeah. Like, but it's just a scary thing because you have to throw yourself up to potential criticism. You, you get lessons, you know what I mean? Like, so for example, even like, like somebody might watch this and like, how do I become a documentarian? You know what I mean? They might get some lessons from you, like how you did it. And they just might try to follow your path on that itself. So it's kind of like a shortcut. You're getting a little tits and bits of uh, information that might help you in your own journey itself. Mm. You know what I mean? And I like to imagine my grandkids someday looking back at me mm-hmm. right now no, as yeah. a 30-year-old yeah, and wondering what kind of guy I was like. So maybe when they become 30, they could sit there and listen to their grandpa almost like a peer. Yeah. I think that sounds awesome. I would love to be able to pull up a video of my great-great-grandpa in Korea about to leave as a refugee to Mexico and watch what kind of person he was at 30. That sounds like the most insane, awesome, connecting experience. Mind-boggling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's, yeah, like, yeah, you, you just can't do that because they didn't have the technology, then they couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just get photos, basically. So then you have to kind of, like, figure out like well based you know and then stories mm-hmm. from other people and so forth and if you had you don't capture time, their essence though yeah you don't really don't capture the essence so i guess really with my videos i'm trying to capture my essence who i am through video itself through like ideas and things that i've said actions that i've taken and so forth it's just the essence of me itself and this will live on forever basically you know what i mean so I think it's kind of cool. And I think everybody should be kind of like preserving their essence that they were here on this earth and they did this and so forth. So do as much cool shit as you can live life however you want. And if that makes you happy, like if you just want to have a family or so forth and you're satisfied with that, then that's your life itself. But if you want to like do more shit and so forth, you can do anything you want. I think I basically came to a realization that like the world is just a playground and then you get to do whatever you want uh in it itself Mm. and then until you realize this you're gonna be stuck uh into like a mindset that you currently have essentially i for myself as well i think that i had to reach a point where i actually i know people say it's a weird thing to say you love yourself because it's like it (laughs) sounds kind of egotistical like oh i just love i'm never gonna change i've improved myself enough as a person to the point where i feel like I genuinely have good intentions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. trying to be mean to people anymore. Although I feel meanness in me sometimes, sometimes. when people are assholes. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I told myself I was a better person than this. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. But I think you have to get to a point where you feel comfortable having a public voice because you are comfortable with who you are. Mm-hmm. And you're, but, but part of that is, not tying yourself to who you are now. Like you can change your ideas later. You can talk to people and be like, I'm not attached. That me in that moment isn't me forever. 
And once you get comfortable with that idea, I think you can have a public voice with less worry because you don't have to be afraid of people judging you in that moment because you're, you're a malleable, adapting, fluid person. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, this is another thought that I had. I remember, like, I'm like, when I make these funny videos, I'm trying to make myself laugh. You know, I'm like, I, I, I make it because they make me laugh. You know, I'm like, this is so funny to me. But I don't really care what, like, the general public con- like conceives it. If it makes me laugh or so forth, that's the reason I do it is because, mm. like, I thought it was funny to me. So I'm constantly just trying to make myself laugh through, like, content and whatever I basically kind of make. It's like, it's primarily for me. And the audience just gets to view it itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the direction that I've been like, I'm going sticking on this direction. I don't really care. I would honestly care if like, if nobody watched it, I don't care. At least as long as I like got to document it itself. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of what it comes down to. It seems like the greatest artists always say that too. Rick Rubin, I just heard him say that on a, a reel. Rick Rubin's a famous music producer who's mm-hmm. worked with all the greatest. If you can think of a famous person, artist, he probably worked with them. Uh, Rick Rubin says that. Quentin Tarantino says that. Where's my boy Quentin Tarantino? Pulp yeah, Fiction. There it me. is. Yeah. <laughs> you ever watch Quentin Tarantino works? Oh, yeah, I watched that Which movie. Which one's your favorite? Well, I watched that movie itself. Did you watch uh, Inglorious Bastards? Um, I've watched so many movies that I don't even like. Brad uh, Pitt, Nazi, hunting Jew guy. I think I watched that movie itself. You kill uh, Hitler. Okay. Uh, I, I think uh, that was, you have no idea. Amazing I, movie. I used to have like thousands of movies itself. Uh, like uh, I was just, I just, I'm, I'm a very big lover of movies itself. But the thing is like, again, it goes back to like hard drive space. It's mm. like, it, they get deleted. You know what I mean? So I forget the plot, what happened yeah, yeah. and so forth. I need to rewatch some of these movies. itself. What's your, what's your favorite movie? I don't really have a favorite movie. Let me reword this. What movie are you always going to watch again as you continue this life? Uh, well, there's a few movies that every time I put it on, I'm like, I enjoyed this movie. And one of them is Gladiator. Oh, yeah. You like Gladiator? I tried to get Irvina to watch that the other that day. That movie's the best. You know, like I always go to Gladiator itself. I don't know what it is with that movie itself. It's like it holds its like, like you can watch it today. And I'm like, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Joaquin Phoenix once again. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's so good. And like all of his stuff. I, I hate like him in that movie though. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's, yeah, that guy is really, really like, I feel like any movie that I've kind of watched with him is like, hmm, pretty good. When you know? I watched Napoleon and I, I saw him at the beginning, I was first a little thrown off. Like, how is this weak ass guy going to be Napoleon? Yeah. Yeah. But it all makes sense as the movie goes on. You're like, oh, this is totally what Napoleon was like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he brings the essence of it. And really, if you think about it, he's a storyteller. This guy is like a freaking good mm. storyteller. The movies he picks is like really, really good ones. And uh, he wants to make sure that it, imagine if you had a documentary with him. That'd be sick. That'd Working be with like, legends. That's the goal, dude. That's, that's I want to work with legends. Yeah. Sorry for, but I imagine, think yeah, Well, imagine you got to somehow like make a documentary about him or something mm-hmm. like that, or like a movie with him or so forth where you're the director itself i was trying to do like a documentary about the tunnels you know the tunnels yeah, the 51 tunnel, tunnels 51 tunnels i was like that's a good documentary i think people might want to watch that itself but it's a lot of work you know to kind of like do do that to really kind of 
put it as sense itself, you know? Yeah. I've worked on a few other ones, but they were nothing. There was one about like sex trafficking in Idaho. Really? Yeah. I worked on that one with, uh, I forgot who it was. It was so long ago. Um, what were some crazy things you learned from that? Uh, well, you know, it basically, I learned that it happens here in Idaho itself. You know what I mean? And by and sex trafficking, when like, I hear sex trafficking, I think of like, you know, women and kids getting shoved into a trunk and taken to some dark basement. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. They, or is they it use, like they some use like the highway. Head. They use like the highway itself to kind of get people. Mm-hmm. A lot of like uh, people that are doing prostitution itself, mm-hmm. you know, they'll go to Boise or something like that. They're like traveling around and stuff like that. And is so a lot forth. of that uh, traffic like kind of, uh, this is what I always wonder. Is it to the prostitutes free will? Or are they forced? Well, it's kind of like that's the circumstances. Like they think that's like the only way for them to make money. So they have no other options. You know what I mean? So they kind of get fall into like that. Sometimes people fall into these like holes where their job becomes their identity itself and they don't see a way out of mm-hmm. anything else. And I think what I really like is like I envision a society where like, let's say you're not satisfied with your job or something like that. Sign up for the Marine Corps. You, you, there's an easy, <laughs> yeah, so you could do that, but there's an easy way to go ahead and try to transition into some other things that you kind of want to mm-hmm. like do or so forth. Because that way, like you're not trapped into something you don't like or so forth that you're, you as a human being can go ahead and shift your um, position anywhere in this life itself. But again, a lot of times people get stuck into one thing. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, I mean like most people they'll have a job for like 20, 30 years and then they'll go into retirement and they'll die. You know what I mean? And uh, imagine if you could just uh, try to do like whatever you want, be any kind of like uh, I think maybe people don't like taking risks. Yeah, people, which is weird because you kind of are taking a risk in everything you do. Yeah, every every day is a risk itself. Yeah. If you step outside, you can get hit by a car. You know. Yeah, or uh, you take a job that's secure. It could not be secure someday. Yeah, that's it's true. Just like I mean, or you could end up hating it, and you get to the end of your life and look back and wish you did other things. Exactly, and that's the biggest fear that I have. Is like I have a fear of getting to the end of life, and then kind of realizing. I didn't get to do everything that I wanted. So I'll be only satisfied once I get to do everything mm. that I feel like I've wanted. Even when I'm like dying or so forth, you know, like I feel like I have not successfully done everything that I want because there's so much shit to do. You know what I mean? You want to experience it all. Yeah. Like, dude, if there was like a, like a, like an immortality pill or something <laughs> like that, sign me There might up. be soon. Maybe yeah. they, what if they come out and say, Hey, Neuralink, we can put it in you and we can put some metal for your bones and you're going to be I don't fine. know if you, I don't know if you're really, if your essence is really, I think they might get to a point. Like, I, I feel like this is what they might be able to do. They might be able to like put a representation of who I am into an AI robot, mm. but it won't be me. It'll just be like zeros and ones. But are we really zeros and ones? Like, think about that. What's the spirit? What's the spirit? You know what I mean? Because imagine if they can take your brain and then, con- like, you know, mm. figure out all zeros and ones. Yeah. Like, you know, replicate it. Replicate into it. Into digital. Much. Digital. Does that mean if I put that zeros and ones into a uh, an AI robot? Are you, you? Is that you? Are we just algorithms in I'm, this sim- simulation? I don't think so. Well, 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 I think there's something special. Well, what is it? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, the spirit, the soul, the soul. I think there's souls. You think there's souls? Uh, so you? 
I don't know. Like I've seen, uh, I've always wanted to go to like some scary places to kind of see if there is something weird. Has anything ever happened to you where you're like, well, that's fucking weird, you know? Like uh, where you thought the soul was like near you oh, or ghost? something you're like, like, about a, like a ghost. Well, a soul is a ghost, right? Well, ghosts, ha- they're not, there's not that much research on ghosts, mm-hmm. Arnell. But <laughs> there's not much, you know, I think also like maybe who knows I haven't seen ghosts myself or had a ghost experiences. Yeah. But I don't know, dude. I mean, I can I can imagine it's just kind of shitty to think that people could get stuck on here, like their soul stuck here. I'm like, Damn. I like the I'm stuck on Earth and I can't leave. Yeah, maybe but if it's I was a ghost, I'm like, I'm gonna have to just fly out of here. If you don't have to eat, like yeah. just go around where the heck you want. They're probably in like uh, Hawaii or something, you know. I think there's I I think I'm more inclined to believe that ghosts are related to some sort of interdimensional, multi-dimensional thing going on, mm-hmm. like a what, shift in the dimension. What, what's your theory of what happens when you're dead itself? I I had this crazy theory that you're your dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope I'm my dog, dude. He's got a good ass life. Yeah. Yeah. I had this really crazy idea one day. I was like, I was like, what if you like die and then you become your dog and then you pick, you're picking yourself up. Whoa. As your dog. And then you, 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 you're your dog, but you can't, you know, the dog, you, you over there, mm-hmm. you know, cannot say anything that, you know, cause you can't speak English or so forth. You it's know? a little bit like Andy Ware's short story, the egg. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like that. We relive I, every single person's experience because the universe is an egg uh-huh. preparing to be matured I, through experiences. So I, we can become gods. I really liked that egg theory itself because like right now, I'm I'm me and I'm also you right there. So it's like I'm everybody itself. We just don't know it itself. If that came to be true, I would be thrilled. You know, <laughs> like yes, I'm everybody basically. Because then you like get to live every life. That's scary because uh, there's some shitty lives out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's why I think the the essence of that is like you should treat everybody like as good as possible because when you're like talking to them and so forth, you're really just talking to yourself. You know well, what I mean? This is the, this is where it gets kind of crazy. I read Sam Harris's book on free will and he's a neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. So he gets really, he, I think he's agnostic or maybe even atheist. So he's, he's very, he almost makes an argument that there is no free will because of we are the circumstances that we're born into almost because oh. you don't choose your biology your brain and all the stuff that's made of you. And then you're, you don't choose the influences. So maybe you wake up in the morning, you see, I, I have coffee and water right here. I just chose, yeah. but maybe I chose these because of all the influences that bled up to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I was like, you know what? I had coffee and now my yeah, brain's thinking coffee and I make this decision. And it's not conscious. It's an influence from the external. Yeah, circumstances that have put you into this position so, itself. Because some people don't have access to water or coffee itself. You know? And it all boils down to, well, the, the magic soul. I think maybe the soul is that, um, that factor isn't accounted for. So if I switch places with you, Adam for Adam, I had your biology mm-hmm. and I'm literally, I grew up in all your experiences. Would I be you? I don't know. Uh, if you just, everything is just switched, basically. Yeah, I, took, I was literally... We sw- I just took all your atoms. We switched complete atoms. My brain is completely your brain. Every single atom on us mm-hmm. switches. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up under all your circumstances. 
Well, yeah, well, I don't know. That's that's the weird, that's an interesting question. It's like, do you? Because then, like, how can you prove a soul even exists? You know, you can't. You just have to believe in it, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this one book you probably would love. It's called uh, The Book of Everything or something like that. I don't know if you ever, it's like a long ass book. It? I don't know. It's, a, it's like a book of everything. Uh, and it talks about everything. It talks about like science, atoms. Is it Eric Weinstein's book? I can't remember exactly who did it, uh, but it's a good book, mm-hmm. dude. You should totally, it's an audio book. I have it as well. It's talking about atoms. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was every time I drive by like Augur Falls, yeah. you know, I'm thinking about these atoms, you know. Were you listening to it when you were over there? Um, no, I was just kind of like it came to a realization. Uh, the book said something like you have atoms that were part of Albert Einstein. Famous people's atoms are part of you. Like, think about that. So like famous people around the world. Okay. Their atoms are part of you. You're like, how is that possible? Well, you know, maybe he like sneezed or he maybe like, uh, you know, like somehow his atoms are part of you. Okay. So everybody's mm. atoms. But there could be potentially it's not though, right? No, no it's, it's a guarantee. It's a, are your atoms part of me? We're not, both no, here right now. No, no. Well, I probably might have like, like said something and my atoms might have. Oh, you contaminated me. It with contaminated your- <laughs> you with my atoms. So my atoms are probably for sure are on you by what uh, the book basically that says. That sounds more gross than anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ew, get his yeah. atoms off get me. Get your atoms <laughs> off of me itself. Now I can guarantee you my atoms are probably off. On you <laughs> and you were like no thank you but they're they're upon you itself and uh but the book say, says like and this is only just like one little chapter like just the beginning of the book itself it's like it talks talks about like albert einstein's atoms are on you this is a guarantee so atoms that were on part of albert einstein are on you no doubt about it so you have some of his atoms that have landed on you, part of your body itself. This is a guarantee, basically. And everybody, like, there's a certain uh, amount of time uh, where, you know, it's kind of like these are the people that are their atoms are. So every famous person and so forth, and their atoms are part of you. What's the significance of an atom being part of us? Well, it just basically means that, like, you have uh, atoms that were part of famous people itself. So they're part of you basically, you know? And then every time I go, this is where it kind of ties into Twin Falls. Every time I'm going to Augur Falls, there's like that, uh, like that poop plant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The waste system. The waste system, right? It stinks over there, right? You can smell it. Yeah. Right. And now the shit's part of us. Yeah. Those are (laughs) atoms. Those are atoms that you're going through. Right. And guess where they're going into? They're going into your nose. So every time you go to Augur Falls, you're inhaling so many residences of Twin Falls because their atoms were in their butt. Now they went to poop and then they were over there. So you're part of this whole entire community because they're poop atoms. Right. Dude, you ever hear of the famous people drinking baby blood? Uh, no, I've never heard this. Oh, I, this is like crazy conspiracy. Yeah. I, I don't believe in it, but drinking, I have friends who really believe it. That drinking baby something, blood? I think it's like they drink baby blood or something like that, and they stay like young forever. I don't know. But that sounds like maybe if you ingest yeah. young atoms, your atoms are, you're now young. 
Uh, well, maybe that's a theory, but I don't know. I'm probably not recommend <laughs> that. Don't, don't try it. Don't try this. But that might yeah. be what the famous people are doing. Maybe. But I think it probably like uh, just makes stuff these days too. They, I think somebody was like saying that they can just clone you these days. They just aren't allowed to clone you. What? How would you feel like if somebody just cloned you? Like just made another version of you. Uh, because of my belief in the soul, I don't think that's me. So mm-hmm. I think it's another being who has my bi- who has a similar physical biology as me. Yeah. Oh, it looks I exactly know. like you, but you just think it's a different soul in, mm-hmm. in that person yeah, itself. So I think the spark of life uh-huh. is created when they're being created and that soul comes maybe from the higher dimension or whatever. It's kind of like that Pixar movie. Remember that when the soul's going to go it's, into the... It's soul. Soul, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a, When they jump and they, they like jump go to skydive like, earth. Boom, and then... That. So so somebody would basically be jumping into that particular... Uh, body. Body. That becomes it, available. It, 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 exactly. Yeah, see, that makes sense. I mean, I, I'm inclined to believe that as a possible idea. Let, me, let me run a crazy, crazy idea by you real quick. A little test of an idea. Okay. Let's say AI becomes sentient, all right? Like and it can it, think by it, itself. It becomes like a person. And it's Is there a soul? Does, does AI get a soul then? Okay. Before we get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> AI becomes sentient uh-huh. and it's, we are no longer the smartest thing on this planet yeah. and they are in charge. But luckily we have put in some implementations for it to preserve our life. Yeah. So we put into the code, do everything you can to reduce human suffering and preserve our, preserve human life. Eventually the AI gets to a point into the science fiction, you know, theory that the AI thinks, Oh, we should just make everybody on earth infertile and let them all die off. So they don't exist mm-hmm. because that will be the best way to reduce human suffering. Because with that, if they exist, they will suffer eventually. Mm-hmm. And if they don't exist, they will never suffer. Yeah, so so it's like it's a, just, it this computes for me, I guess. Yeah. You know? So what, how how would you feel if AI came up to that idea, um, that conclusion? Well, there's a lot of movies that kind of like dive into that kind of thing. Yeah. And it always kind of like does not turn out good for the humans, okay. you know? And we basically, as a human race, get like... Some Terminator we're shit. We're terminated. We're, we're just gone, basically. Mm. And then the thing is, like, uh, Earth will still continue to live uh, even after we're gone itself. Mm. You know what I mean? So so are you against the idea that maybe we shouldn't exist at all um, because the, at least we won't suffer? Or do you think there's fault to that idea? I don't like the idea of an AI uh, coming up with that conclusion mm. itself. Like, I want to live my time here. You know, I don't want AI to interfere with... Uh, my time here itself, if it can let, help let, me, uh, like, you know, get to more places and things like that, then I appreciate AI. Mm. But if it's like, if it turns into like, oh, I need to destroy humanity, then no, 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 no. Let, let me play devil's advocate and let's have a conversation here. <laughs> okay. You say you want to live, Arnell, but yeah. you're going to suffer and I don't want you to suffer. It's not worth it. Every day you're living, some people almost say like every day you're suffering, you know what I mean? But like, it's like that mindset that you kind of like change in your head. You're, some people might be thinking they're suffering, but if you just change a switch in your head and then you're thinking like, I'm living like, this is amazing. I'm alive or so forth. Then it's a whole different uh, mindset. Or you could just embrace neutrality, Arnell, and not have to deal with any negative at all. Well, yeah, I don't like that idea. Then it's like, then are you a really a human if you're just kind of like, uh, if you're like this soda can, like let's say like 
your soul can be like pumped into in this uh, can itself. Are you happy that you're a can now? Mm. You know, like, what are you going to do as a can? Not much. You know what mm. I mean? Like you just maybe it's thrown into like, like a, like a landfill or something <laughs> like that, you know, and you live out. Would you be fine with your soul living out the rest mm. of your Trinity? Somewhere? So, but why are you okay with experiencing suffering? Uh, well, you know, that's part of life. I feel like it's like a life is, oh, this is, I have a really good theory of how life is. Okay. Life is like a curve. Like it goes up and then down. It's like a wave. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ooh, ooh, like it just goes like this. Right. And at any point of this wave itself, you're either going up on the wave or you're going down on the wave. So I could probably like, like if I ask you like, okay, like here's the wave. Where are you at right now today? And and keep in mind, this wave just goes up and down like that and so forth. So if, if you were to ask me, like, where am I today? Like, today, I'm on the uprise and I'm getting to the top right here, right? But I know once I get to the top that this uh, will, it will never just be at the top itself. It will start going down itself. So then I'll be on the down, right? And I'll be going down, down, mm-hmm. down. And then I, once I hit the bottom, then I'll be back up itself. So life is really kind of like a wave that goes up and down and so forth. So this is a question for you. Where are you on this wave now? Are you on the up? Are you Where are you at? So I like, I get a lot of inspiration from, uh, I read the Dhammapada, which is the Buddha's book and the Bhagavad Gita Hinduism, which is like the origins of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And there's a argument that they make on there that, you know, if you hold life is like a tiger yeah, and you are holding it, holding it by its tail and it jumps around and mauls you and you're sitting there holding the tail. I've never heard of thinking, this theory, but okay, this and you, good. you yeah. think you're going to control it. Uh-huh. You think, you think, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to keep this tiger away from me. If I just keep a hold of this tail, uh-huh. I'll control yeah. what happens. But the only real way to be free of the suffering is to let go. And that's why Buddhism's whole philosophy is kind of detachment the, the so loss just, of the ego, because things are so constantly changing beyond our perspective. Like, for instance, if I, you know, you parked in my spot right there. Let's, yeah, let's I took say. your spot. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Or no, you took my spot. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, sorry. And I'm pissed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a tree falls, boom, right on that spot. Yeah. I go, oh, I'm glad I wasn't in yeah, that spot. Yeah. And then you get a lawsuit and you get $100,000 for that. And I'm like, oh, well, I wish that was my spot. It's just constantly changing that uh-huh. it's better to just let go and mm-hmm. let things be. As oh, okay. Just, just to be. And then you can feel more... You you feel less suffering when you're detached detached of the earthly things. So so in your mind, are you thinking that like you, you're not on this wave? Then you're just kind of like uh, you, your life to you is you just let go and then whatever happens happens. Is that kind of like what you're kind of saying? Well, I'm not like that. I would love to be at that level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just let go. But I feel <laughs> shitty times for sure. When times are shitty, I'm sitting there going, man, this yeah. sucks. Yeah. And when times are good, I'm rejoicing. So yeah, I'm definitely yeah. on the wave. Yeah, you're on the wave. Yeah, I love the wave. The like, wave makes me happy because I always know that the wave is going to be ups and down, ups and down. And, and and the thing is, like, a lot of people, like, don't see the wave. If you see the wave, mm. then uh, you, you you might be better off, I feel like. You just need, mm. know, need, need, then you know at least where you're at uh, in life itself at that particular moment of time mm. itself. Uh, but I also, Jocko Willink's good video comes to mind. Mm. And... 
whenever shitty things happen, you just look at it and say, good. Yeah. So, I like, ah, yeah. I, so you, you, you can go up and whenever it's time to come down, you can just say, nah, we're staying up. Yeah. And you say, oh, you just lost your job. Good. good. Gives me a chance to get a better job. I've been, I watched that video and I've been trying to use that. It's <laughs> like, uh, things are not going good for you. Good. You know, I've been saying that to people too. It's like, uh, uh I was doing that. Uh, it is so funny to just say good. You know what I mean? It's like things are going bad and you're like, good. It's like, good. I'm like, what the hell? You know, but it makes me better basically because it's like if things are going worse or not good, or like bad, then it puts you in a position where you have to act, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to actually do something and then it just makes you a better person itself, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I know, I know exactly the video. I even have a like screenshot yeah. or something like that. Like, uh, I think your wave idea is great. I think, uh, uh, we need to add an extra factor to it. Mm -hmm. So maybe the wave isn't linear and just parallel with the floor maybe it's climbing up and so as you have good times bad time comes oh good i get to become a stronger person uh -huh. push through this and go higher oh so you're thinking like a, like a like a wave going up towards a mountain or something so it's like, like that. A, a bar graph uh-huh and the wave goes and you could just be like oh we're just gonna ride this low level yeah uh, but every time you go down if you don't take it as a chance to grow you stay down at the bottom yeah but if you if it comes up and then a bad time comes you can choose to say good, good. and you take that a little higher. And then you go and by up. the end of your life. Then you're at the you're top at the of the top. Thing. See, I like that. See, you've changed my perspective of the wave. Now <laughs> the wave, you know, the wave is no longer like this, you know, two, 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 two. The wave is more kind of like tilted. It's towards like a tilted like a, wave. It's a tilted <laughs> wave itself, like a mountain itself. I never thought about that way, but that's, I like that idea. I'm going to change that. Uh, <laughs> I've changed that. You've changed my mind on that itself. Uh, um, yeah, I like, uh, I, I always want to think about that. And uh, I don't know, it's, uh, you're, like I said, you're only here for a limited time, so you might as well use it as much as you can. So it's kind of like what I kind of think about it. Well, I wanted to ask you some harder questions because okay. I've been learning a lot about Let's see. Bosnia. Oh, okay. Bosnia. And I, and I wanted to ask you about, you know, because you're pretty, you were pretty old for when Yugoslavia dissolved officially in 1992 mm -hmm. and everything started hitting the fan. Yeah. And I've I've just went through Sebastian Junger's book and he was a war correspondent and he went to Bosnia and he writes all about it in a couple of chapters about what he saw and it's just it is insane to me like when as the picture becomes more clear of what people what you know you guys experienced over there it's mm -hmm. fucking wild. I think it's really slept on. Yeah. Like people don't nobody, understand. Nobody knows nobody it, knows like what like when we came here and they're like if I tell somebody like I'm from Bosnia first of all they don't know where it's at. They don't know why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Nothing, you know. A so, fucking refugee. Oh, yeah. refugee. What, what does that mean? Like dude, yeah. it is bad circumstances yeah. that Bosnians had to come here from and I I just was wondering if you if you could share anything you could remember from as from you know Yugoslavia started war, well you know so I was very young I was like maybe like I said I was like finish I was like in Bosnia I think I was around like I just finished first grade so I was going like second grade or something like mm -hmm. that and that's when the war kind of started itself mm -hmm. and like you know as a very young child basically I don't really remember too much but I kind of remember the essence mm -hmm. of it which was basically kind of like you know like we had to kind of like, you know, like it wasn't safe to like sleep in the beds. You had to kind of sleep on the ground oh, really? and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Power, you know, that wouldn't, you know, like it would just mm. be like, they would just kill off the power itself. Do you remember when uh, you first realized there was a problem? Um, I, well, I remember that things were different and that, you know, like you couldn't live life normally. We had to kind of like, we were in war and then. I remember one specific night, uh, our neighbor, um, 
like like maybe a house next over the next house over itself. I remember like it's some kind of commotion or something like that. It's in the middle of the night, like you know, there's some kind of gunfire outside, and then we all kind of like you know, like after it's all settled, people kind of went out there to see what the heck was going on. It was a house that was just shot up, basically like. Uh, just bullets everywhere, grenades thrown at it and whatnot. And then, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know what the whole deal was there, but I think my parents eventually realized this, like, you know, like this war's coming. We have to basically kind of like leave. And I've always like, my parents don't really like to talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think uh, like Bosnian parents, they just like to kind of like like forget about this or so forth. But I remember we were like on the move basically because essentially it's like dangerous to be there and so forth. So we originally kind of like moved around a few different places. And uh, eventually that's when we settled into that refugee camp itself. And again, I was still very young there. Mm-hmm. I had like all these photos with like me at the refugee camp. There would be like... um a photographer there that it would just kind of like take photos and then they would give them to you or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but uh, like I said, I lived there for like a several years just being in a refugee camp itself. Oh and, wow, you were there for years. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years like in a least, small room, living in that small yeah, room. Yeah, imagine you described. like living like three years in like a room like Whoa. this big uh, with like multiple multiple people itself. Can you remember what it, your experience was like during that time? Were you playing with kids? What I was, was playing life with like? kids. It was like um, you know we had like a food hall basically that you know would go eat there basically. They're just like little tiny mini mini like a houses itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I don't know exactly what my parents were doing, but I remember needing to go. They had like a little school there for as well. So the kids would go to like school during this as well. It was kind of like a place where you essentially uh, are, you know, you're there until you kind of like the war is either over. You can go back home or they can relocate you to somewhere where it's kind of like uh, like a because each country. Uh, they accept different amount of like refugees, you know, once that Mm. quota uh, hits, then they're like, we're, we're done here basically. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So if you don't get in that batch itself, then you're just kind of stuck. I've talked to some people that were like refugees. They've been like stuck a refugee for like 20 years. So Mm -hmm. most, you imagine like 20, your life, like just being in a refugee camp itself, you know, until you find like someplace that will like accept you or so forth. Uh, But, uh, I remember it's uh, pretty good. Not, I remember like there's like this one story when, cause like when you're living in a refugee camp, like you don't have like, you know, your own kitchen or anything like that. As a kid, you know, like you're kind of growing up with this. You just have kind of go to like food hall or so forth, you know? I remember when we first came to Twin Falls, I always like try to tell this ketchup story, which is basically like we came here, you know, and, um, we were like, uh, they they put you up into a, like a house. They put like a family of four into like, it was like a one bedroom kind of place. It was still pretty big, you know, it's kind of like the size of like this, but it was just kind of like little vertical and stuff. We were very happy to just be out of like uh, the refugee camp itself. Mm-hmm. But I remember like uh, there was like a little fridge and they put up some like food in there to kind of just get you started or so forth. And I remember like, uh, you know, like we came there and we we're like, 
they're just gonna like let us be here this is freaking amazing you know like this is so cool so so anytime you see like these refugees or so forth they're just so happy to be here they're just like because like their circumstances are changing and now they're like in a better situation itself i remember when i was like a little kid here and i came in like and like i'm like going like fourth grade or so forth you know i opened up like like the refrigerator and there's a food in there we're like oh my god this is so cool and then i remember like a ketchup bottle I'm like we got our own ketchup <laughs> bottle look at this you know i was like parading this ketchup bottle to everybody like look at this this is so amazing ketchup bottle but like now you think about a ketchup bottle it's like nothing you know to you but like for refugees it's like, especially for like kids or so forth, like seeing a, like a ketchup bottle, like your own ketchup bottle, it's like a, a whole different thing. But the problem is like, uh, you kind of get accustomed to the American life itself. So what, what happens is a lot of like refugees, like uh, I remember like, uh, like uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I went to like this, like the, to these refugees and so forth. And they're like the happiest people you will ever meet in your life itself. They're like, wow, I was like, I wish I could be this happy itself, you know? But what ends up happening is like almost kind of like entropy, you know, like with how like water kind of like settles and so forth. They kind of get integrated into the system itself. And then you can almost kind of see like after a certain amount of time, the entropy, they just kind of get absorbed into like what the U.S. is or Complacency. so Complacency. Complacency and like... You're no longer in, see, I wish I want to go back to uh, being happy about this damn ketchup <laughs> bottle. You know what I mean? I want to be that happy. Just go starve out in the woods for yeah, a while. And come back, ketchup everything. Ketchup bottle. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's this one guy, uh, like, uh, he's the guy that did that song, uh, I took a pill and a bees. Oh, you yeah. know what they're they uh -huh. gonna talk about? I know the song, yeah. Um, well, he's a he, this guy like changed his whole life around. He first walked across oh, America. Mike Posner. Mike Posner, yeah. yeah. He had some you should watch one of his yeah. podcasts. Uh he did this whole across America. He got bit by a snake mm. or something like that. I don't know if you saw that. I was mm -hmm. like, he was like a famous person, but he's like, one day he's like, I'm just gonna walk across. Uh, the whole U.S. And then he climbed Mount Everest too. I don't know if you know that. Oh, he summited? He summited Mount Everest. Rich ass. And then he also said something. It's like 40 grand to get a permit to oh, do yeah. that. Well, you were there. You were over there like viewing it. You were, like, <laughs> I was I gotta, watching all the rich people go up the like, mountain. You're I'm like, like oh, I gotta man. get close to this mountain <laughs> itself. Uh, you were there. But he also had this one thing which was very fascinating, which was basically he would like uh, pay because he's got money. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be isolated. Like like he like he goes to like a like a place like a mm -hmm. monk like like a monk uh, building or monastery so monastery of some sort in the middle of nowhere and then uh, he just is there for like months like three or four months or something like that with nobody around there's nobody nobody oh. uh, it's only him and then his thoughts basically and then uh, people will like leave like food you know like maybe like a mile away or something like that so mm -hmm. you gotta go pick it up so that way you never see anybody for like four so months self self-induced solitary confinement exactly but okay. what he said which was fascinating is like if you I, I saw this i was like man i gotta get on an island and i want to try this out he basically said something like about like uh if you do this like it's like because you always have like this person in your head that's talking and so forth to kind of like running a narrative or mm -hmm. so forth it's basically that voice disappears completely and i was like and then he said like you eating a sandwich is like having an orgasm that's what happens i was like no fucking way you know 
Hmm. This kind of makes you want to go like, uh, maybe I should go out there for like, just kind of yeah. see like, if does, does, does that actually kind of make any kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, like you just imagine like, what well, just the best. He, he might've just been losing his mind. Maybe <laughs> he could have, he could have. I don't hear the voices anymore. I don't hear the voices oh. anymore. Oh, this is delicious. <laughs> but it would be interesting to just kind of see what would happen. You know what I mean? If that, uh, if, if you actually like, mm. like, uh, imagine like getting rid of social media as well too. And you have no connection to the wor world or anything like that. It's just you and your thoughts and you're just there meditating mm -hmm. or something like that. Would you be interested in something like that? Just isolating yourself for like four months and then just see what happens. And you can't, you can't have no, no books, no social media, nothing. You have to basically take four months and then. Once upon a time, once upon a time, I would have, but at this point, I feel like I've learned the value mm -hmm. of having love and connection yeah. you know, in your life and how special it is. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah, you're like, not now. <laughs> People take that to the next level and do dark retreats. Have you ever heard of that? Uh -huh, Where they no. go into solitude, but they put they have they go into dark cabins with bandanas on and they don't see sunlight, any light or people for a week or so. Oh my God. Just, don't you go blind if you do that? No, then they slowly peek your eyes out at the end and they let you look at the light at the bottom and slowly take it off. And every time you see those reactions when they get out, they just think the world's so beautiful. Like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. You appreciate everything. You appreciate so much everything because you haven't seen it. They have that uh, float magic. Have you ever done that? Uh, the sensory deprivation yeah, tanks. Yeah. Joe Rogan like basically loves that. He he was like saying, like, I have my own separate, like, uh, mm -hmm. like a like a tank or something like that. I, at one time I was like, I got to get one of these tanks. You know, I was yeah. like looking up like how much Have is you one. done it? Yeah, I've done it, but it didn't Did really, you meditate? Uh, it didn't really do anything uh, for me. It felt like I was like in space. Yeah, oh, that's always a common thing. You just start yeah. feeling like you're in space. You're I don't know. Like you see like stars or something. Yeah, you feel like you're in space. And then uh, once in a while, you'll like hit the side of the freaking uh Yeah, you just tank, float off to the know? side, yeah. And then you hit your, what the hell was that? I was like, uh, but... I always kind of wanted to see if that kind of had any kind of effect. Mm. Uh, maybe kind of gives you some ideas or like, like, you know, clarity or something like that or so forth. I always use the set. So when I was living in Portland, I had a sensory deprivation membership. Oh, really? You had, a, you, North you, had, you had one and yeah. you would go? It was a membership. So I would go and just whenever I wanted to. Did anything happen is what I want to know is like, what would you see? Like I saw this video about Rhett and Link. They go in there. They are the ones that convinced me to go try oh, really? this out. It's like they go in there. They're like, this was amazing. And I was like, I got to go try this out. I don't care. You know? I think it's a booster for meditation. Mm -hmm. is, is, are those starting to hurt your ears? No, I, right. just, I just needed to kind of reposition them or something like that. Get a little, get a little like fresh that. air in there? Yeah, I got a little bit of like, uh, let, let some air in there. <laughs> yeah, I need to get some nicer headphones. I need those like nice little flap ones or something. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I need I need those podcast mics. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. These I are know. like singer mics. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, I would go there. I think the sensory deprivation tank enhances. It can take you, it can take your meditation practice to the next level without, because mm -hmm. Meditation. Would you see anything? Like, would anything oh, kind of like a visuals. visuals come up? Or would I, you be like hallucinating in there or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I like, would experiment, dude. I would go do it on a bunch of, uh, you know, THC edibles. Oh my gosh. I would go yeah. do it on psilocybin. <laughs> oh I my God, go, that seems scary to go do that uh, in there. I, I would be scared you, sometimes. You would be transported into a whole new freaking dimension, dude. Yeah. Like it's uh, it's already like, like if you're just like floating in there, it's like relaxing. You feel like you're in space. It's like, there's yeah. this movie that, 
like this person gets dropped uh, through this thing and then get, like they look like they just fell through, but they actually went into another dimension and then they oh fell my gosh. through or something. Kind of like, like Interstellar that. at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's called. It's like, a, isn't it? A, when maybe? he goes to the black hole in Interstellar and he's flying oh, through. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's that's what it's like to do DMT. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like you're I've just done DMT in the sensory deprivation as well. My God, you're crazy, man. That's I was like, like I want to... People saying they talk to God, let me have a conversation. Yeah, no, that sounds crazy. That's, that's like bonkers. Like, I would... Uh, no, I, I feel like... Uh, I feel like you almost kind of like... Uh, but he was saying that you don't even need anything. It just basically happens. Uh, uh, Who said? Joe Rogan uh, itself. That Joe like, Rogan, whatever, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. No, he's doing breathing techniques in there too. He's the yeah. 30 in, 30 out, box work breathing, you know, where you mm-hmm. breathe out for 30 seconds, breathe in for 30 seconds, breathe out. That breathing can get hallucin, like crazy hallucin. Have you ever done Wim Hof breathing? Oh, I've seen that. I was just going to tell you about that. Like, uh, like I saw he, he does some crazy breathing and like you You've could never almost, done it? No, I've never done that. It's you want, like... You want me to teach you how to do it? <laughs> no. Dude, maybe after this podcast, you should try one. <laughs> yeah, just like I'm like all hallucinating you, itself. You trip a little bit. Holy, your fucking hands go numb. Your it's face like, can go numb. Yeah, I feel like you just get too much oxygen in there and your brain is probably kind of like... Uh, I don't like, uh, I'm more of like, uh, I like to be in control. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? the thing. That's the lesson though. That's where the lesson comes the, from. The lesson is letting go, like of letting, control. letting go, letting go of the tiger tail. Dude. Yeah. I never let go of the tiger. I'm always, I'm holding on to the tiger. Like at all costs, the tiger is like coming at me at every freaking way. I'm holding on to the tiger itself. That's but. what I think the ego death mm-hmm. that people talk about from psychedelics. I think it's the letting go aspect because yeah. you lose control. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But you're going. Yeah. And it's too late. You can't stop the ride anymore. Yeah. It's probably kind of like when you die, you have to kind of like let go of the tiger. When you die, also, you have DMT trip. Yeah, yeah, your you're, pineal gland. yeah. You're pretty much yeah. You're just experiencing some kind of like hula, you know, like a, like a trip or something. So like it makes that. you makes me wonder if it's a bridge, the the chemical bridge to, to the next dimension. Where are you going? To the higher dimension. Yeah, or something. where are you going? I don't know. Because you know? one time I tried to force me. I first started doing DMT with my Muay Thai buddy from Tenth Planet. We'd mm-hmm. go after we trained jujitsu and stuff. We'd go to his house and because in Portland it was like. You know, everything Everything's is decriminalized. Yeah. Get everything. Dude, I've been over there. It's like freaking nuts. They're in California, dude. Like I was in California. Holy shit. People were like shitting on the streets. I literally, we were seeing pissing and shitting, stepping on poop. I was like, oh my God, it's getting nuts oh here. God. I was like, I was like, I didn't feel yeah. safe. I was like, I got to get out of here. We were like, we got to go. I was uh, living in a van in downtown Portland during I saw some of times. your, I saw some of your like uh, Instagram reels. You were very concerned somebody was going to like uh, come after your car or something oh, like did. that. And yeah, then, I had a fucking knife wield my way out dude, of situations yeah, sometimes. Yeah, we should just be all happy that we live in Twin Falls. And like, you kind of come here and like, oh my God, it's so much freaking better. It's like, it's like we should always, it's almost going to confine this place. You know what I mean? Like a lot of my audience is like, don't tell anything about Idaho or so forth. You the know? The problem I saw in Portland is they are so, they, I can tell that a lot of the people have, the actions are based off of good intentions, mm-hmm. but the, they overlook the reality that people follow incentives. And when you're incentivized to be homeless because you get taken care of to be homeless, yeah. you, no one can bother you. You can go into the school campus and sleep on the couches and shit in our school you know, bathrooms and shoot up in there. No one's going to bother you because they made it so you couldn't even bother homeless people anymore. It was, yeah. it was um, what do they call it? It was like, you know, you were 
uh, like antagonizing them if yeah. you, a cop tried to tell a homeless person to beat it or something because yeah. and they were just getting crazy dude they were when i was in there the, but towards the end of the year i left when covid hit yeah. but by then it was crazy you, you were actually calling out covid before covid even happened i remember you're like <laughs> you remember yeah i remember i was like you're like you're like i cannot stand you're, i don't know when you were like you're like like i have to say something about this covid thing this was before covid yeah. even hit and I, I was literally getting my first covid news from you you know what i mean like i, <laughs> I was pretty on top of you're it. on top I of saw, that shit I you're saw like, it when it happened in china oh really i was like oh and i was like following the cdc about it and i was like oh it's in china there's you, a new virus in china you, you were my source <laughs> yeah, was you were source. my source dude like i was like i was like what are you talking about like they're not gonna shut down shit here and then surely like this gets <laughs> shut down then i'm like i even told my boss i was like listen i don't know what the hell's going on but this is gonna blow over in a week you yeah. know like you know I had everybody messaging me that too everybody was telling me i was like what do you talk like people were telling me that I'm just like on bullshit. Yeah. Which I wasn't like trying to promote beer. I was like, oh, look at somebody in Seattle caught COVID, that Chinese virus. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's going to spread around here. And then one person had it in Portland. I was like, great. Now it's in Portland. Now, now we're all going to get it. Yeah. I was literally watching it through your stories, through your Instagram. <laughs> you were like my source, dude. I was like, Ground guess, zero, dude. I'm like, Jason knew. Jason fucking knew. The like hobos it, are telling me, dude. They're like, you yeah. hear about what happened in China? I <laughs> <laughs> got a Chinese homeless friend. But yeah, like the, the homeless kind of situation is kind of getting out of control itself. And they don't have a f- solution to fix it itself. It's a mental health problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and 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 I've also seen where these uh, like people, they don't want the help. Like dude. they don't want the help, which is like, makes the situation even worse. It's like, imagine if I like told you like, listen, I can get you out of this like uh, like problem that you're currently at and you just have to do this. And it's like the drugs are more important. It's like mm. they have a... Uh, like a, a lot of higher, broken people. Yeah. It's like, how do, you, how do you try to fix them? You can't. Dude, I've picked up like maybe seven or eight hitchhikers in my life and like really? giving them rides. Yeah. <laughs> you're crazy. But you're I always crazy. got a gun right in my door. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I <laughs> like, got my gun with yeah, me. Yeah, like, like, it makes me feel a little more safe. Like you try yeah. something, yeah. you're going to die. Let's be nice. Everything's going to be good. You're crazy. I can't if believe you, you're actually, I've, I've picked up somewhat hikers, but these were just like, like they're not, these weren't hitchhikers. They're people just like, they're, they hike down to a mountain and they're like, we need to get back up. Oh, like, uh, you oh, know, yeah. like, I like I hobos on the road. No, this is just me like picking up some random people, helping them get back up the mountain or something <laughs> the like that. The thing you got to be cautious of with hobos, you got to realize how much they stink. Oh, they stink yeah. like shit. So one time my Marine buddy came and visited me in Portland where partying and i'm just such a fucking nice guy to fucking hobos for some reason and i'm i told this guy who was outside and he was like i was like dude do you want you want to take a shower you can come into our hotel room come oh take my a shower God. Yeah. my friend was pissed he's yeah. like what the fuck are you doing dude yeah i let this guy come into our room take a shower and he used our towels he when he left those towels were covered in goop and disgusting Dirt. he left them there they were sloppy dude it was disgusting but while we're there we're talking to him i'm like dude what, what the fuck happened dude why are you homeless and stuff He's like, oh, I raped a girl. And I was like. And you just invited and like, this person. Yeah. yeah. You just invited this person. Yeah. And, and dude, we were like talking. I was like trying to find the humanity. And mm-hmm. I'm a little bit drunk too. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like what happened? How old were you? What was, what'd you do? And he's like, no, I just, he's like, yeah, I just straight up raped her. Like I saw oh this girl God. and I wanted to have sex with her. And she like left the party. I followed her and I, fu- I just raped her. 
I was well, like, Ooh. so so that basically <laughs> just kind of tells you that there are bad people. Basically, there's good yeah. people and there's bad people. And, and that's uh, the thing, dude. Everyone look at the, every homeless person as if they're, like, oh my god. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a little puppy. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're, they're really not. Well, some of them are. Some like, people. Some yeah. people. Have but most got, of them. A lot of them. Yeah, they don't uh, want help. I've seen that they don't want help, which is mind boggling. Because like it's a like, lifestyle, dude. Yeah, it's like a lifestyle, like you said. It's crazy. Uh, I tried to help some homeless people here in uh, Twin. I found them in a shipping container that they were living in Rock Creek. Oh, really? Yeah, so I make like this video saying, look at these people. I'm like the poor, <laughs> like, look at these people, you know. And uh, these people were like high and drunk on something. You know, there's a video still about it, you know. And uh, I'm like, I'll set up like a GoFundMe for you, try to get you some money or something like that. I post it, obviously gets views and so yeah. forth, you know. Um, turns out this police looking for this guy. Oh, oh no, like yeah, yeah, they're looking. Well, he's got a warrant out there, so they're like, uh, the police is like, wait, great, uh, let's go pick him up, and we know exactly <laughs> where he is based off Arnell's like video. Good so, job, Arnell. Yeah, so so they go pick up this person. Um, the person goes to like a like a jail or something like that. Um, uh, afterwards, they like let him go afterwards or so forth. But uh, then I had like another chance to like talk to these people at this uh, like a RV thing. And uh, I was like, just trying to figure out their like story and so forth. And it, I came started realizing like these people don't want my help; they just mm. want to get out of freaking Twin Falls and go to Vegas. That was their whole mission. Is like they just wanted to get the heck out of Twin Falls and go to Vegas. And I'm like, what am I trying to do? Help, uh, help in this situation itself. I can't help uh, this. It's like a mental, mental, mm. uh, mental uh, barrier issue itself oh. that these people are having yeah. and uh it's like i'm i'm just a nobody that cannot really help solve this problem it's itself the horse bring a horse to water you can't get him to drink though yeah exactly so i i i've 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 even oh my god i remember one time i went to this like this in boise i was living in boise and then like there's like this thing that says like we're gonna go help the homeless or something like that like they're gonna do a march Right, the homeless people were doing a march. No, no, no. Oh. like these the, these oh, regular a march for these, the homeless. Yeah, march for the homeless. Right. So where I, was this? In Boise. Oh, what? Yeah, because there's like this alley area where they've got so many homeless people there, and yeah. I was like, this is. I'm like, so we we're gonna walk through there, you know, like for the homeless, you know. <laughs> And I'm like, well, this is going to be like the news shows up just at the beginning of the parade. And then they just bounce, you know, they're yeah. like, they're not interested in like, like seeing it. They just want to get the shots yeah. and they're like, bye bye, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm like, I'm going to go do this whole march with them and record the whole entire thing, you know. And I'm going along, you know, and we're going through all these. There's so many freaking homeless people. Like, it's crazy. Then, um. Uh, this one lady is like, oh, my God, somebody cares about us. Oh, this person's like, somebody cares about us. Oh, my God, it fucking hit me like right here, you know, because uh -huh. she's like, she's like, somebody cares about us. And then it like, eh, oh, man, it almost made me like very emotional. Right. Then uh, she like decides to join like the. Uh, like the parade or so forth that's kind of like doing this or so forth. Anyways, the, the parade concludes and then I'm like, 
you know, I've already like built up some rapport with like somebody else there or so forth. And they're like, well, let's go take this person to like a, like a dinner or something like that. I'll pay for that mm-hmm. and so forth. We take him there. Um, this is when I realize again, they're not interested in, uh, they're not interested in their help. They're not interested in the help. What happened? They don't want the help. Um, they just wanted to get, uh, alcohol and, mm-hmm. you know, and like, uh, and I was like, you don't really want the help then. You just, you're just looking for, uh, you know, like to keep the party going or like the, the alcohol. And it's like a mindset itself. This person then just like uh, a few months later, uh, this person that like we went with or so forth, they kind of like filled me in like this person committed suicide. Oh, really? Yeah. So they just basically just like killed himself. And then that was the end of that person's like life itself. Mm. So it's like. I can I cannot help and I cannot get other people to go ahead and uh, get them to initiate this unless people want to help themselves, basically mm-hmm. what it kind of comes down to. So every time I try to like help the homeless or something like that, it always does not like work out any good itself. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know what you want me to do kind of deals. Like, yeah, like, I'm, dude, if I was homeless, I'd be at the thrift store going... Can someone buy me some nice clothes? Mm-hmm. I don't buy, give me money. Buy me some nice clothes. I'm trying to get a job. Yeah. Buy me some nice clothes. Stand, if you're hungry, go stand in front of a Burger King. Could you please just buy me nuggets? Yeah. You know, but that's not how homeless people are out there. They're, They're more interested. Give me some money. Give me some Let money. Me get some drugs. Wanna, drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. itself. And uh, until their mindset changes about that itself, where they want to try to help themselves, it's always, they're always going to be like on this uh, different. Mm. Some some of them purposely stay dirty and like filthy and so mm. forth because it's it, better for it's better getting money for getting money, which is like, it's like you can wash yourself. There's a lot of places where you can wash yourself, but it's like, it, it's like an image that they put mm. on so that we, they can get more like a, uh, which is bonkers. You know what I mean? It's like, I saw that and I was like, oh my God. It's like, uh, it's it's just the circumstances that they're in. And then like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the solution is. I, mm. I, I certainly solution. don't know. Uh, there is no solution. They've spent The only solution is dollars. a dystopia where everyone's equal. We all have a house. No one has more. No one has less. Well, how, well even with that, they don't probably want it. Like, uh, I don't well, think... Well, if it's given to you, then who wouldn't want it? I think they would just, like, leave the house. Nah, people would just own a house and... They would try to get probably people to... Give me like, a give them, place to like, live for free. I'll be there. I'm sure they're all like that. You know, that one president guy was a- aiming for this. Uh, what's his name? The guy that was, like, wanting to get everybody, like, $2,000 a month or oh, something uh, like he's that. A Andrew, Asian Andrew Yang guy. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Yang. I was like, oh, this sounds like a freaking brilliant idea. You know what everybody in Idaho was like? No, it's because of the incentives. People follow incentives so much that if you don't provide an incentive to benefit the people who work hard, yeah, people will stop working hard. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so then it's like there is no motivation uh, to go ahead and do anything. What's funny is, um, it, it was like everybody that like saw that particular video, like, no, I want to work hard for my money, even if I'm not even getting that much. So mm. I was like, I was like, like, I was like, I was like, what? I couldn't compute this. I was like, like you're telling me you're you'd rather work at like a like a minimum uh wage job uh doing grunt work or whatever than receive like $2000 a month for doing absolutely nothing itself. And they were like, "Yes." And then that's I was pretty, like, yeah. I mean, why that's kind of weird to say." I was like, yeah. "That's <laughs> that's the general consensus of it." And I was like, 
I don't know. Then uh, I'm like, uh, then I just kind of like, I, I think, I think I'm just kind of shifting towards like, I'm not going to try to help anybody. I'm just going to be trying to help myself. Those, self, I think you that know? person that says that they're completely full of shit. They say that. But then I bet you they'd be great. They'd be happy as hell if they won the lottery. But, but it's like if they ego, won the Powerball, they'd be like, yeah, oh yeah, I don't have to work. I don't have to do shit anymore. Their ego is basically uh, saying that itself. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's I want to ideology. They, they, like, like, they know if they say the other one, then it'll benefit the homeless dude who's going to do nothing. Yeah. But the best way to put this scenario, I feel like, is like if you just look at the classroom mm-hmm. and told everyone, don't don't worry, guys. Whether you study or whether you fail, no one will fail. The minimum grade That's we'll give is a C. Now. Yeah, they're, we'll give you a C minimum, so, and no one will fail. So they've changed that uh, educational system back to that now. So they changed. Right. Yeah, they changed it. So who will study? I'm like, fuck it. I'll just sit and sit here and learn nothing <laughs> yeah, and pass. That's, so basically, they've changed the educational system so that way, basically, who's they? The government, like uh, our government, Idaho, our, or Idaho or government or itself. Oh, really? Idaho, yeah, it's like Idaho a, state thing. Yeah, like it depends on state by state itself how they kind of like intra- uh, uh, put these rules. Like, so like I think uh, I think right now in Idaho, like it, it, they don't they don't want to look at the uh, grades you're getting or so forth or so forth. They just want to have everybody just pass and then say that they completed high school or whatever. Mm. They don't want to they don't want to like uh, actually put some tests that actually says you actually know the knowledge information. Yeah. But again, I don't think the information that they're actually giving to them, it's like they should be teaching them about how to do taxes, how to start mm. a business, uh, how to do like, you know, like real mm. world uh, stuff that kind of interests Independent them. work Independent versus uh, work. being reliable, relying on someone else who actually broke off yeah, the path if, and if created the, a if business. If the educational system was more like where they're like, uh, you know, uh, we're eager to, to, towards actually teaching people or so forth, something that they can actually utilize or so forth, and it helps their future, then it's kind of better and so forth. But I got to argue, I feel like there's, it's kind of always been like that. Well, at least since my era mm-hmm. in the, you know, I graduated 2012. But the reason I say that, and this is super controversial, but oh. I still I believe it. I believe it as a, uh, there's a bunch of special needs kids in my grade who got a high school <laughs> diploma who I know, I don't even know if they can read, honestly. Yeah. I'm like, so I everyone it's puts part, the high school it, diploma. Oh, I graduated. I got my high school diploma. But like, it, honestly, anyone kind of can get well, one. That's, that's the, we've changed that. We've changed that. We changed it to like, we, nobody, we have to prove that you can actually know this information. But now it's like, we're going back to everybody gets it. Itself. Yeah. So what does it even mean? Anymore? It basically means we just get a work, dumber workforce. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, okay. And that's all that really kind of means. And uh, it's like... But even those special needs kids, are they going to be on the workforce? Because some of them I knew they were not like, they were they not will capable find to it, be yeah, in They'll find a like job that. where they'll kind of like learn a particular task. It might be just like stamping something, you oh, know, like okay. a hmm. assembly line itself. Hmm. But, you know, as long as they have the diploma itself, that's oh, all dude. that matters. So I was in, black, I was in a, a jackpot, mm-hmm. blackjack, and this new... Uh, dealer he came up and he fucked up dude he like dropped the cards he like put he like flipped his card over so he, the dealer was showing both of his cards and he's like oh and he had to like get his management and he's like oh this is the fifth time i've screwed up this week oh man and the guy's like yo the managers look pissed like they were annoyed with this guy and when the managers walked away i was like hey man word of advice don't be telling don't remind your bosses how many times you've screwed up yeah and he's like it doesn't matter they can't fire me i have a disability oh and I was yeah like, oh yeah dude he's uh, he had total dirtbag vibes the way he said it though oh I'm my like, gosh <laughs> yeah it's it's again it's like this whole like you know like uh 
I don't know. This whole society is like, I don't know. Like it's, it's taking a turn. I'm not too big of a fan. I don't know where it's going to be. Like imagine like mm. 10 years from now, where, how things are going to be. You know what I mean? It's a little bit wild. Yeah. You know there's I mean? more entitlement and less work ethic. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's good for people like us who got work ethic. Yeah. We stomp those fuckers in yeah, the ground and like, climb where we want to go. We're going on this, but I don't care, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm going on this path. It, it, you cannot stop me. Basically. I mean, it's a good thing. There's a lot more consumers of content than creators. Yeah. Like you would think there would be so many creators even around here or so forth, but there just is not like a, it's like a rare kind of find to find like, you know, people like you or, you know, other people that's going to do this kind of stuff. Uh, so I just wish more people were like, you know, like doing stuff mm. really is what I'm going to always aiming for. So what are you aiming to do next? I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to just tell the universe I want like ten, uh, a million dollars, <laughs> you know, and uh, expect it in the front uh, door, basically, yeah. you know. <laughs> but no, really just kind of like doing uh I think I said like some goals, like I'll get to like 50,000 and a hundred thousand work with like a bunch of like brands and businesses to try to basically kind of make more money through that. That's what I'm currently just kind of doing is like just hitting up businesses and things like that, doing like little offside things. Mm -hmm. But ideally I'd like to just be like uh, having a platform pay me to be the content creator. And then where, where essentially I'm just making the content that I want. Oh, okay. You know, that's kind of like mm-hmm. the ideal. Cause then, then that way you don't have anybody kind of like saying, cause like, you know, what's the best part is when you're making content, it's like having somebody not tell you how they want it. But if you need someone to pay you, then that's going to be, someone's going to be in charge of you because they are in charge of your paycheck. So maybe if you get money directly from your audience instead somehow. That's true. A lot then of you people, are your free you're free. That's a lot of people do that with like Patreon or something mm. like that. Or they'll try to get their audience to be monetized to kind of dive into that. That itself. seems so hard though. I've it's, never Patreoned anybody in my life. Anymore. I know. It's like I don't like asking people for like money. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like I'm again, it goes back into that idea. I'm like, I'm creating this content for me because it makes me laugh or so forth. How can I ask for people to go ahead and pay for this itself? you know well i see when i i feel like uh maybe a route that you could make money on just a brainstorming ideas because you know we're con- always making content and i always yeah. think well how are we gonna make money how are we gonna, how make we gonna money? Need, <laughs> need, we, need, we need a lot of money you we know? need to live yeah. and uh maybe i think the way i see like meme pages because mm-hmm. i kind of relate your account just storytelling but like it's a I, honestly, you're kind of a bit of a history genre too. I like like it's a, like j- j- local history. I do a little local history. I'll figure out. I'll, I'll get some content from like books and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, oh, nobody knows this, yeah. so I'll make a little story about it. In but like you my do a lot version. of memes too, though. I do a lot of memes, like, like, like the Wendy's and Burger King and uh-huh. the Donald, the King, that uh, story. Uh, I uh, I do all kinds of like whatever yeah. kind of pops in my head itself. Yeah. Uh, I'll just kind of like. It's that's why it's so sporadic on mm-hmm. there is because whatever whenever I get like uh, inspiration on something I don't want to be confined in an idea where it's kind of like this is one thing you're gonna be like doing for the rest of your life like I think a lot of people think that I'm just gonna be making like travel content for the rest of my life no. I want to be able to do whatever I want. If I want to do like a documentary one day, go for it. You know, if I want to do like a funny meme, go for it. If I want to do like a movie review, go for it. You know what I mean? I don't want to be pigeonholed by one thing. 
I, I think that's awesome. What do you think, though, is your, do you feel like if you don't hone in on one specific thing that you won't have a specialization of skill? I, a lot of people say you have to niche down. Like you but have not even to, niche, like a uh, medium, medium, mastered yeah, medium. You have to have kind of like a mastered medium itself. But it's like, what's Casey Neistat's uh, like niche? Vlog. I it's mean, like by medium-wise, he's a vlog. He's, he's a, a vlogger. He, he can tell. You can do vlogs super well. Yeah, he's yeah. But but like, what's his like niched down thing? He doesn't really yeah, have it's one. Him. He is it's, his brand. It's his who he is. It's, it's, yeah. So so basically, I want to be like this is like representation of me. I just yeah. like smack this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so because I was thinking, because you don't really show your face much anymore. No, it's I used just to. Like AI yeah, it's just a stuff. lot of AI. Sometimes I get some B-roll footage of me kind of like doing stuff like that. You've been uh, doing your voice though. You've been adding your voice into your content lately, I think, right? Well, I, I was experimenting with AI uh, cloning my voice. That's what that was? Yeah. Oh, I thought I was like, dude, Arnell's using his voice now. No, Because no, you were no. using that fucking dude robot for a long time, which no. is very catchy and popular. For yeah, her. everybody was, loves that. Everybody like, was no, using no, no, that dude, thing. Dude, like soon, like by the end of 2024, you will not be able to tell the difference between my real voice and a voice that you hear on Instagram or so forth. It'll just be by the end of uh, 2024 until they perfect that technology. Like your mom or dad might know like, oh, that's not him or so forth. But the majority of people will yeah. not know your voice itself. So then it becomes like, well, is your brand your voice then? No, it's your ideas and the mm -hmm. content that you push out itself. It doesn't matter what the voice is. It's a uh, voice is going to be cloned uh, and nobody's going to be able to tell the difference between when you're actually talking or mm -hmm. so forth. This is why I said, if you see anything on the internet about me that I said something or so forth, do not believe it because I'm already experimenting with AI and it's believable mm. to a point where people cannot tell the difference that I didn't say that. Like the sheriff one? Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the sheriff could have said this, and so, the yeah. sheriff just so, rambles on. Yeah, so I basically them. put, like, the like a sheriff talking. Like, well, I'm like, I wish the sheriff could go ahead. And, and a lot of people are like, well, that, that's cool. I can't believe he said that. But he didn't really say that. It blows my mind how much people... And sometimes the AI doesn't pronounce things correctly. And then they're like, that's not how you say, like, Shoshone Falls. Oh, yeah. I can't get it to say it correctly because it's saying it like this. You, you know? gotta type it different. You got to type it different with like a different variation total misspell or so forth um so a lot of people don't even understand that it's like ai talking so it's like what it's like it's just like i don't know what it is it's like people like don't get it i guess sometimes people don't get my humor as well too they don't know i'm like just making a joke so i'll like I'm like, oh, you know what would be funny if Donald Trump said this or Andrew Tate said mm -hmm. this, you know what I mean? And then I'm just like, just do it, right? And I'm like, this is so funny to me, you know? But people are like, I cannot believe you you use Trump or Andrew no Tate way. on this. Did There's you like, get comments on that? Oh my God, people are like outraged that I'm like even like, that I'm even associated mm. with any of these people. Like, oh, I can't, but I'm unsubscribing <laughs> go do you, you know? do you how do you feel when you see like negative comments how does I, it how does it i don't you? really i i love because like uh, most of the time i try to stay out of the comments itself because yeah. like it's the best to just stay out of comments itself you don't want to be in there just let them talk however they want sometimes i'll jump in if i really kind of care about something then i'll just reply to comments or so forth but yeah the crazy comments that you kind of see they're just bonkers and you're just going to see everybody's different 
perspective, you know? And again, I think people just don't realize, like, I don't care, like, that they're viewing this. It's the content is for me because it makes me laugh itself, you know? And how they perceive it, I don't really care, you know? It's like, it's your own, it's your own, like worldview or so forth if you hate this person or so forth then you're gonna hate whatever that person says you know what i mean so almost kind of like triggers people itself. Yeah. i make like almost a lot of triggering things that like people don't like to like think about or so forth and like nobody's willing to kind of say you know and then a lot of people are like oh, i'm gonna follow this you know mm. <laughs> so i don't know it's like uh it's like it's like a fine line that I'm dancing on essentially. You know what I mean? You can't cross it too much on either side itself, you know, but I really just like the idea of that. I'm able to go ahead and kind of create whatever I want. And I have nobody telling me no, basically, you know, cause like if you have that, then you can just create however you want, you know? So. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Doing it. Doing it. Fucking going viral, going viral constantly, constantly. Yeah, viral, got, viral. Dude, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you used, you've always been going viral. Yeah, you've yeah. always been pretty good at I, nailing uh, that in. It's so weird because like when you go viral, it's the randomest shit you'll ever expect. You know, you just come in and just knock it out like in, a, in like an hour or something like that. Like an edit, and then you're like, who cares? Whatever, done. Mm. Viral. You know, I don't know. Have you ever had anything go viral itself like this? Mm, I mean, the most I've received on a video is like sixty thousand views. Uh, was it the not... the Tacoma? Yep. Yeah, the yeah Tacoma <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching that video itself. And yeah. then I got like I think twenty, twenty or thirty thousand on uh, one of this Marine Corps song I made. Uh-huh. That was like pretty much talking shit on the Marine Corps while I was in the Marine oh, Corps. Oh, really? And I had to like go report to command. Oh, and, like, talk they're to like them. they're like, what did you do here, Jason? Yeah. Like, why'd you say this? They're like, we think it's a cry for help. It's a because- cry, <laughs> cry for help. Like, uh, yeah, because I was all bitching about the way the Marine Corps is like changing into this uh-huh. pussy ass fucking corps. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, like this, uh, this is bullshit. Well, it's it, at least you have freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want itself. Um, But um, that's what I like. I like like saying whatever kind of pops in my head and I don't want to be limited on what I can and cannot say because like somebody's going to leave a comment. Oh no, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. You know, I don't care. Sometimes I'll just like block people. I'm like, bye-bye. Oh, you blocking people? Oh yeah. (laughs) Like I love blocking people. Like, Like, Do you ever try to make your comments limited? Um, no, I never limited any kind of comments. Good. Uh, like, I, I feel never like that's a off. sign of bitch made when yeah, you, I never, you do that. <laughs> I never turn off the comments or so forth. Some people like just get out of hand itself. Uh, and I'm just like, listen, I'm going to do you a favor by not showing up in your feed. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, so it works out for you and me by you no longer seeing my shit itself, you know? So it's like, bye-bye, you know? And I never think about them ever again, you know mm. what I mean? They're just gone forever, and then uh, um, that's pretty much it. I think I didn't get a phone call or something. Oh. Oh. Well, Arnell, yeah. thank you so much for coming on my podcast, dude. Yeah, man. I don't know if we've been recording this for the longest time. like. How long is this podcast? This feels like a know. very long ass Does podcast. Does it feel like that? You feel like you've been, you, it's been dragging for you? Well, no, it's you not. You don't been, enjoy my conversation? Uh, no, I really like this po- <laughs> uh, podcast. 
typically, I always limited mine to just be like an hour or something like that. Oh, yeah. I feel like this one's probably like two, two and a half. Hours? I have no idea. I, have I think no this is a two and a half hour podcast, man. No like, way. Yeah, like uh, See, for me, I just time flies. I feel like it's been flies. an hour. You know, but you know, this is the best thing about these podcasts because, like, when do you get a chance to just kind of sit down like this and just like talk to me for like two and a half hours about all kinds of random stuff like this? Share ideas, dude. Share ideas. It's all about the ideas. Yeah, like bouncing off this and that and so forth. I feel like you kind of get to know me a little bit more just by talking to me. Oh, this yeah. and then and then the more people you do this with then you just kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's like you build a r- better rapport with everybody. Then when you see me in public, I know a little bit more about you and so yeah. forth. And uh, it's just a good thing. So I think everybody, Good way to make friends. Good way to make friends and good way to just kind of interact with people as well too because uh, people don't have this uh, outlet. Like mm-hmm. they don't, they only talk to their certain group and then by having these podcasts, you're kind of like inviting them into like different yeah. groups and so Get forth. Get to know yeah. you a little more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I really like this. I mean, like it's been fun. So I uh, love podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to, are you going to start yours back up? Oh, we'll see if I find a spot. Like I said, it'll just be do like it in your house. dude. Yeah, yeah. Just do it in the house. Just see? Fuck it. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so much work. Like I said, I can just use AI to help me. Uh, yeah, you're sc- right. You got your- <laughs> I, I have my AI is like my personal assistant that helps me craft stories. And it just basically makes me like elevates me or so forth. Uh, this, I, like, I would just be thinking to myself like, oh my God, now I got to like edit this. It's going to be three hours and I got to yeah. cut this out. Oh my God. It's like. It's- AI is going to do it for me, But dude. the thing is, yeah. you have so many good clips here now, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you need to take like the best, like this is what I only think I wish that I kind of saw from yours was like more clips, man. Uh, Cause like, like I remember talking to my friend and he was basically saying, was like, I don't watch Joe Rogan podcasts. And I was like, interesting. It was like, he's like, I only watch the Joe Rogan clips. So they, people mm-hmm. never watch the uh, Joe Rogan um, podcast. They just watch the clips and then, mm-hmm. And this is what you should be doing. You just clips, 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 clips. If you make a bunch of clips of even all of the content that you've already created, just but just like kind of like mass clipped it, this podcast would just be like. But I don't know if that's what you're really kind of aiming for. I think you're really actually aiming for like good conversation and kind of like you know figuring out the person, which is really you know good. I mean, this translates well for documentary interviewing. Yeah. Learning, learning how to get comfortable and pull some pull some juice out of people. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks cool. for coming. Yeah, no problem, man. Peace out, ladies and gents. Bye bye. Good. <laughs>